do you think made you feel that way despite achieving everything you thought you wanted? The whole reason I started trying to build a business is like, I got made fun of, I was weird, I was poor. If I get to this level, I won't feel that way. But the irony is when you get there, you feel exactly the same. Benson, were you aware of those moments? I mean, I, I've seen Tanner when he hasn't been in the greatest places. In that moment, it's like, you know, I just want my brother to be okay. And, you know, I didn't know it was that bad. Like, we didn't really talk to our parents that much because most of the time we get in trouble. So we just, uh, that's at least how I felt. I just didn't want to get in trouble. I think anyone who's honest with themselves, they don't start a business to help others. They start a business because they're poor, typically, right? Hey, story time. <laughs> All right. So there's a company called Aussie Bum in Australia. They're made for the gay community. Okay, guys. Thank you for coming. Well, I came, technically. Yeah. Sorry, no, thank, you, thank you for coming to us and having us down here. Yeah. It was, it was a, I mean, we spoke about this off, cam, off camera, but dude, Miami traffic sucks. That's why I don't have any cars. I sold them all. Yeah. I've seen those posts. It makes yeah. sense. There's no point. The pe and the people that say you need it, I'm like, you don't actually live in downtown Miami because every time they say, I'm like, that makes literally less sense because it's so much easier to just Uber everywhere. Yeah. There's no sense to have a car here. It's just absurd, dude. Like, it's always, I'm, I'm traveling fine, no problems until I get to the, like, not even the outer skirts, but like semi-in skirts. Mm -hmm. And then I just watch Apple Maps, add 10 minutes, add 10 minutes, <laughs> add 10 minutes. I miss a turn, add 20 minutes. I'm like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> it's, not, it's not fun, but that's why I got rid of everything because of when I have my cars, mm. it ends up being a bigger hassle because there's nowhere to park. Then you got a valet, the valet messes up the car. Then you got to try to prove that they messed up the car, find camera footage, get a ticket. It just, it was a whole thing. <laughs> Too much shit. Yeah, it was a whole thing. <laughs> um, pull this close to you just because, I mean, yeah, you can get, like, get chilled. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. It's like, good <laughs> right there. Yeah. I like how you see, you got good posture, bro. Me? I don't think it's good. <laughs> like slid halfway down the seat. Uh, okay. So for, for people who are not familiar with uh, two of the three Chedesta brothers, um, tell us, tell them who you are, Tanner and then Benson. And I mean, I've got a couple of things that I've got to ask you, but I mean, I don't know where this is going to go. I'll be honest. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, my name is Tanner Chedester. Uh, family of seven kids, grew up LDS, Mormon, was born in Utah, raised in Houston. This guy, I mean, pretty much grew up right next to me, grew up 16 months apart. So I'm sure we take it more from there, but that's me. Yeah, Benson Chittister. So middle of both the brothers, Gentry's younger, Tanner's older. So I would say, I would say growing up, I was a little closer to Tanner because he was on, he was on varsity. At the same time I was, he was a senior, I was a sophomore, and so he kind of just dragged me along everywhere. Um, Gentry was a little younger, but uh, yeah. Gentry just caused trouble. I mean, Gentry wanted <laughs> yeah. to get beat up. <laughs> Did he? So Benson actually, like, <laughs> Benson was cool. Gentry wanted to get beat up, so I just had to give it to him sometimes. Really? Yeah. yeah. Gentry doesn't seem like the smartass of the three, no, I'll be honest. Oh, he definitely is. He so, like, is 100%. To, to preface it, like, he, <clears throat> he got a lot of what he deserved that came to him. <laughs> But at the same time, like Tanner and I, looking back now, we could have been a little nicer to him, um, for sure. But I made it stronger, didn't it? You know, I mean, we'll go with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think it did. Yeah. I mean, we had one time where we shouldn't have been messing with him because that's actually when he got diagnosed with diabetes type one. And oh. So he, so we were being, we were like beating him up and stuff, like stop being a bitch, stop being a pussy, and then like we find out, oh, like. <laughs> <laughs> his insulin isn't working anymore. So, but besides that, he would just have some times where he'd poke the bear and we're like, Hey man, you keep poking us. Like we're going to bite back and then we'd have to sock him. But That's it's all, funny. it's all good. I think it's what brothers do. Yeah. Oh, you have to. That's so funny. I would not have guessed that. Uh, yeah. No, hundred percent gentry. See, I'd say you're the troublemaker. You're the smart ass. 
You're the quiet smart ass. Well, Betsa once as a kid though. So Betsa would like light uh, neighbors like Betsa would start a fire at someone's yeah. house, take a shit in their lawn. Like our see, quiet smart ass. Yeah. Without people noticing. Yeah. Our, na- our neighbors, <laughs> our neighbors called me the dead end kid because they said I would either end up in jail or end up in a ditch. Yeah. Because of all the stuff I got out of my yeah. system, but like as I got older, I've probably he just out the he most. chilled out. It was weird. Like he yeah. punched. I remember he punched a kid in the nose for no reason one time. It broke the kid's nose and was bleeding. I was like. Just like he goes, I'm gonna punch your nose. He's like, do it. Then he's like, boom. It just and broke his nose. To be fair, nose. he did say do it. Yeah. So I don't know why he got in trouble. He did. And then yeah. that kid was traumatized. And the second Benson get close, he'd start running away. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so as we got older, it was like Benson actually was like the craziest. Then he kind of chilled out. And then Gentry kind of took his place. And I don't think I ever really was. I think I was always kind of just like in the middle, maybe till I got yeah. older. I mean, th- there were there were a couple instances where that yeah. kind of happened. Yeah. You know? Do you find that though built relationships stronger or is it something that like sort of became strong, then became a bit distant and then now he's coming closer later? Uh, I mean, my, I don't know if that's his opinion. I, I don't feel like our family was that close growing up. I don't think we're, we're not very like touchy. Um, we also like just the way we were raised rig- religiously, we like we didn't really talk to our parents that much because most of the time we get in trouble. So we just, uh, that's at least how I felt. Mm. I just didn't want to get in trouble. Is that part of Mormonism? I'm it, so it's just, with that. Yeah, so it's, there's just a lot of things you can and can't do. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if you can't do it, you're not going to tell your parents you're doing it. So you just kind of keep under wraps. You also don't want to tell your siblings because like, I think for us, it was mostly the girls, but the girls would find out and then they tell our parents. So we're just like, I, I'm just like, I'm not going to tell anyone because if I don't tell anyone, no one's going to find out. So I just think it was that that happened naturally. And then I think we got more closer once we started doing business together. Cause I mean, we had somewhat of a relationship. I, I don't think, I don't think I was that close really to anyone. Mm-hmm. Like it depends like how you define that. But once we start working in business together, just naturally by running a business, you talk to people every day. So you're gonna get closer to them because you're talking to them every day. Yeah. Like that's like obviously one of the easiest ways to get close to people if you're communicating quite often. Yeah, so it organically ended up happening. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I remember like, so growing up, Tanner and I were really close in high school. He went off to college to play football, yeah. kind of grew apart. He, he was going down his own path. Then he got hurt and then we got recruited by the same college that wanted me and him to play together. He actually ended up going and playing at another college. Um, and looking back, you know, T- Tanner will tell you, he's like, oh, I should have gone and played with you. But yeah. once once that happened, I finished playing college football. I went to England on a mission. and I was obviously, I'm still active in our faith. Um, so I go to church every Sunday. We yep. teach the little three and four year olds. My mm-hmm. wife, we love it. Um, so I was on my mission and I'm, and I remember Tanner was getting really big into modeling and he was trying to get his business off the ground. I've seen those photos. Yeah, and, and I remember I was you like, got some oh. on your wall probably. I was like, <laughs> well, no, just on my phone. <laughs> I was like, man, like he's so shredded, like he's killing it. Like I was super proud of him. But then when I came back and I moved up to Utah and he was in Utah, I feel like we got a lot closer because we started doing a lot of things together. We, we mm. served at Olive Garden together. We did door-to-door sales together. And then yeah, the business kind of- all the shittiest stuff together. Yeah, but so like- it was, I, that, that, it made it easier because you yeah. kind of were going through it with someone. And so yeah. like we were there together going <clears> through it. So it's like, oh man, I know how you feel because I'm going through it too. So I think it kind of went around yeah. circle for us. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm always envious of brothers because I don't have any. And I'm just like, fuck, I wonder yeah. if- you know? there's, I mean, there's pros and cons like anything, but I think what worked out well for us, our dad and mom, they just worked hard and they didn't mm-hmm. give us a lot of stuff. So the only response you can have, like, at least for me, I remember there's a point in my life. It's like, I'm either going to be a bitch and not get where I want to go or I'm going to just fucking do it. 
And that's literally what happens because you don't have any other option. You just realize like your life's either going to suck ass because you're just going to be lazy and not do anything or you have to go this direction. So I think in hindsight, like a lot of stuff are, I especially credit my dad, like a lot of the ways he raised us, like sometimes we'll complain about it. But the reality is like, I'm way better off than probably 99% of other people who I grew up with because they don't know how to work. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one thing for sure. Although, I mean, we've spoken about it already in the last few minutes before the podcast. There's so many people, they say they're going to do something and then they don't. No, they don't. Most yeah. people are soft. Mm. Just, just facts. They're yeah. soft. And they want, they want to like watch all the motivational videos on the podcast and they'll probably watch this mm-hmm. and they won't do shit. And it's just reality for most people. And it's funny, I was actually more, <laughs> like I was actually more this way towards people when I was deeper in the business. As you step out, you kind of you're not in the day to day. So mm. I don't see like the comments and stuff, but the reality is a lot of people talk a lot of shit, but they're not willing to back it up. Um, or like, you know, I worked 16 hour days, I'll say that. So I worked 16 to 18 hours a day for a year to make a million dollars. And it took me five seconds to say that, but I wish I had recorded an actual 16 to 18 hour day. Like I wish there was a camera that just followed me around and I posted it every day for a year. I wouldn't even care if it got five views, but to actually prove to people, this is actually what it takes to get here. Yeah. And this is like what you do. Like this is your effort and like this is the actual effort it takes to get there. But that's like a whole nother yeah. conversation. <laughs> well, it's uh, my friend, uh, one of my best friends from high school, his dad started a quarter of a billion dollar business now. Yeah, and sick. he's he's done a couple of business himself, but we were chatting it the other week to what you were just saying. He goes, the thing that's big right now is hustle porn. So like people will watch stuff, like get motivated, you know, get jacked mm. emotionally on like, yeah, I'm going to go crush it, write a to-do list. And then fuck, I'm going to, I need some more motivation. Do and just hustle porn, hustle porn over and over again. It's a waste of time too. The funny part is like, if you think about all the people who do that, they wake up and waste hours of their day doing it. Mm. They'll meditate, then they'll watch some Gary Vee, then they'll do something else. I love Gary Vee, by the way. I actually have more respect for him too, because one of my close friends had a dinner with him. He says Gary's an absolute savage. But I think the average person, that's the funny thing, they need that. Bringing in new leads is hard. Creating content is even harder. And trying to get in the door with certain business-to-business relationships can be impossible at times. But what I noticed with this podcast is, it's actually a lot easier than we think. When I first moved to America last year, this was the first thing I created. And what I noticed was I was able to speak to people I never thought I'd be able to, create content from this that was usable to market my company, and then three, I was getting leads coming to me as well. And as a result, the first year brought in an additional $100,000 as a direct reason and response from this podcast. And because of this success, we've created the Social Elevator Program, which helps you as a business create a podcast as a lead generation tool. And the funny thing is we had this success figuring it out as we're going. And now we have a well-oiled machine with different strategies that are constantly working to bring in more leads, building better connections, and then also build a presence for our business locally and then even beyond being local. And so in the Social Elevator program, we'll go through how to niche down, how to build it correctly, and then also how to distribute the different pieces of content to constantly be building relationships with your audience and with those ideal prospects. And don't worry, you don't do this alone. You will have a coach with you every single step to help you create the right podcast as a lead gen tool for your business. So to find out more information about the Social Elevator program, go to skymediahouse.com or click the link in the description. Now let's get back to the show. 
but nothing actually comes from it. So they feel good and yeah. they like the person who's giving it to them. But then I sit there, I'm like, yeah, but you, nothing's changed. Like you went to the conference, you jumped up and down for three days and now what's changed? Nothing. Mm. I never got into that. I went to some MLM conferences and I remember, do you, I don't know if you remember, I went with David Fry. Mm -hmm. I remember yeah, that's what MLM conferences do. So I went there and mm -hmm. like, I'd sit there. I'm like, so when are they going to actually talk about like the marketing or like, mm -hmm. when are we going to get like to how we actually sell this thing? They would just sit there for three days and just, yeah, yeah, the product, the product. And I'm just going, this is so stupid. But yeah, I, I'm just guess I'm not like an average person in that regard. I've just never gotten into that at all. Is it, I find so because the funny thing is the thing that changed my money mindset was a network marketing company. I was in it for that's a year, closed a lot. It made me appreciate money, but then I was like, this is the wrong vessel for me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you're right. It's very I think it can, hype. Well, yeah. and it can also be, it can also be like in anything, you kind of have your laggers and then your leaders. And so if you were one of the top people producing, mm -hmm. there's network marketing companies where the people are crushing it. It's just, I would just say on average, like the stereotype, right? Yeah. And, but there's stereotypes in businesses too, where people are super motivated day one, but then day 30, they're done. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just one of those things I think that comes down to right how, how the saying goes it's like my actions are so loud you can't like i can't hear your words or something mm. like that but it's just like you know motivation is fleeting but the actual habits and the actual structure that you actually follow like that's actually what's going to stay with you and so like i don't know for me feel in, but, yeah, go ahead yeah i mean me in particular i just know that like doing the same thing whether i want to do it or not that's created the structure in my day where it's like Mm. Look, I got to do this. I don't care if yeah. I feel bad or not. Yeah. It's like I, it has to get done. That uh, discipline equals freedom. Yeah, basically. And I find it interesting. People even talk about their feelings. I, I think that's one of the stupidest things you can do. Feelings are up and down all around. In fact, mm. like if I just go back to this week, I've probably had like up and down between the three days. Mm. But you just do what you're supposed to do at all times. And every time you don't, it just you just reinforce in your brain that, oh, well, when I don't feel good, I don't do it. Or when I'm tired, I don't do it. I had like a week, uh, day last week where I went out super late. So it was self-inflicted, but I had like two hours of sleep. I still went to the gym. I mm. still did my day. I still did what I was supposed to do. One of the days. And it's like. <laughs> Other day you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Which day, which day. So that was off day though. That was off day. It was an yeah, off bro. day. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Freaking hate me. No. It was an off day, bro. I went on Monday. I went on Monday. He didn't go on Monday. And then he went on Sunday. So oh, so you're calling him out and you're guilty an as well. I didn't go out. I didn't go out to party though. Yeah, you did it. Are you just a bitch in general? But <laughs> exactly. You gotta, you, gotta, you gotta do that too. But I, I just think it's interesting. Like the people at the top, like they just ignore their feelings. And I feel like when you actually look at it, like I can't imagine Gary Vee, like, oh, I'm not gonna do it. Or Andy Frisell, oh, I'm not gonna do it. They're just mm -hmm. doing shit all the time. And that's what it takes to be great. But that's, it's it's fine because I just look at it as like, that's why I'll win and that's why you'll lose and not everyone can win. So it's fine. Yeah. You just, you'll just have to be the loser. Do you find it's what it's the, it's all about what you focus mm -hmm. on. So people are focusing on the feelings rather than the output. And it's a matter of readjusting what it is that they're focusing on. Like you focus, you guys both, I'm assuming, focus on results mm -hmm. versus I want to feel good getting it or whatever it is. Like, you know, like actions mm -hmm. and everything else that create those results. Um, is it that you're focusing on that? You're not focusing on I want to feel happy to get blank. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go first. I mean, I think a good way to put it. So like right now we're actually we're doing we're doing a five day challenge right now. And some of the people in there who are in the challenge, they're, they're just focusing on the wrong things, right? So mm -hmm. they're, they're focusing time and attention on things that aren't necessarily going to take them to the end result of what they're trying to achieve. And so our goal obviously is to try to help them. Hey, let's give you, let's point you in the right direction. Let's get you taking action on the right things. I think the biggest thing that people tend to 
get get they get distracted by shiny objects, right? Yeah. Oh, you know, l- look at everything that's happened the past couple of days with all the AI stuff, right? Everybody's mm. posting all these photos. I'm like, uh, I was sitting there asking him, what is so what weird. is this? I keep what? seeing it. What what's happening? I, like, I don't even know half the stuff that's going on, on social media. Yeah. Sometimes I'll see a channel, I'm like, oh, this guy's a million subs. I don't even know that. Yeah. Mm. I don't it, watch it. Like I'm putting out content, but I barely even watch content. Yes. Yeah. So weird. So I, I think the big thing is people focus on the wrong things that aren't necessarily going to make them money in the first place. And they see what people are doing that are <clears> 10 <throat> steps ahead of them. And they're like, oh, I need to do exactly what they're doing now. Yeah, which And it's like, that's not how it works. You missed all the steps in between that they were taking and are still that, doing now yeah. to get them to their Well, goal. and that's what's funny. So like when I started a business, the whole reason I thought I needed to post on social media is because I that's what I saw. Mm. That's all I saw. So I go, well, okay, so because they're all posting on social, I probably should post on social. I started posting on social all the time and I'm like, man, it's taking me hours and hours a day to get this done. I'm not making any money. So finally, someone's like, yeah, you should just message people and get them on calls. I make 10 grand in a week. And I go, huh. I posted zero times and I made 10 grand, so maybe I should do that. And I just did that for a year. So I spent my first year, I did a million dollars in a year, and I didn't post on social media one time, not a single time. Didn't open it, didn't look at it, nothing. Well, actually, I take that back, besides the messaging. But I would just message people, I wouldn't post. And it's funny, I just think people, they like they want the like pat on the back, or they wanna feel like they're productive. But there's a difference between being productive and just like a good, like a nice feeling. Like mm-hmm. watching, 10 YouTube videos feels productive, you're not doing shit. You're not doing shit. Like that doesn't do anything for you. End of the day, it's like, how do you get a credit card? If what you're doing does not help you get a credit card, it's a waste of your time. And to his point, like a lot of people, they'll watch like Gary Vee. And I, I think like specifically with Gary Vee, they they see where he's at now, but Gary Vee has probably like 30 editors and he's got yeah. like a full team that puts out his content and he's probably a billionaire now on paper. He's probably multi-billionaire now on paper. So they're just looking at like where he is and they're putting it as a day one. And it's like, I think sometimes he could do, I don't know, Gary's like way better than me, but he probably could do a better job in my opinion, just like saying, hey, like you see me doing this, but this is actually what you should be doing yeah. until you get to here. That's at least my opinion. I think that's the hardest yeah. thing with Gary Vee to your point is he always says stuff like, you know, you should be putting out seven, 25 pieces of content a day. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's easy to say when you have 25 editors, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> it's easy to say when you got twenty five editors, but when you if you're on your own, so it's twenty five comment uh, posts a day are not going to give you shit, you know. Mm-hmm. It's just gonna like I I struggle to edit one clip a day. I don't. Mm-hmm. I do one every two, and I've got an editor doing the rest. Like, yeah, and it's just not a higher yeah. ROI activity. And no. for most, so I look at it two ways. You can either be the influencer, right? So you can be like the Paul brothers, which kind of did it backwards. And if you think about when you're a kid. If I like, if I could go back in time, that's what I would have done as a kid yeah. instead of play video games or Halo, whatever. But if you're not that person, there comes a point where it's like, okay, hey, I'm an adult now. I have to pay the bills. You got to start making money. Mm. Once you make the money, then you can go back and try to be the influencer. And I think that's a better move for most people because then you're not putting all this pressure on the content popping off. Like I just really started taking my content seriously like a month ago. Got nine editors, executive creative director, got a full time video guy. And we're gonna probably keep adding to the team. But if my content works right out of the gate, great. If it doesn't, it does not matter. And yeah. I think all these people, it's like if they don't hit it big with their content, they can't make any money. And you know, there's way more people that don't make a big social media presence than there are. Yeah. Like Logan Paul and Jake Paul are like one percent of the one percent of the one percent. Yeah. Yeah. Life's life's a lot easier whenever once again you kind of focus on the basics first. Mm. So, okay, let's focus on the money making activities, let's brush everything else aside. Once the money starts coming through, it 
it gets so much easier to do and everything else after. Exactly. And it gives you options on what you can do next with the money that you're actually making. Or like, you know, you'll get someone who's like, they want to do a rev share. It's like, well, what, what do you bring to the table? Well, I bring nothing. Why would yeah. I, why would I want 50%? I've got an idea. Why would I want to do 50% <laughs> of your business when I can do a hundred percent of mine and keep all of it? Mm. There's just some people, they just have like this illusion or like, I don't know where they get these concepts of like how things should be or how they are. And they're just not that way. Yeah. Well, that's all I think it's, it comes down to as well. People, they want the money. They have the idea. Like, how many people have you heard? They're like, oh, I had this great idea, but I, you know, it, it would have gone well. I'm like, you don't know that. It could have been a great idea that was actually shit when in, in, you know, in reality. But people, again, they want that 50% or the 20%. They usually want 50, don't they? they or they don't really want yeah. 20. <laughs> yeah, well, and also they, they, they also like, they don't know how to operate. And so it's a skill thing. So it's actually funny. I had a dinner with, not dinner, lunch, sorry. Um, with a woman named Kim Perel. She sold two nine-figure companies. And we may or may not do something together. She actually texted me again today, so I'm, I'm thinking she's leaning towards doing something. But the value I bring to the equation is she's now in very heavy in venture capital. Mm-hmm. So she likes to invest in stuff. But when I talked to her and told her about my business, she looks at me as like, this guy's an operator. Like, he knows how to run an yeah. actual company. He knows how to market. He knows how to put him back in systems, tech, all these things. And a lot of people, like, they don't have those skills. And then I'm like, you don't have operational skills and you don't have a huge social media presence So and you don't have money. So you actually bring nothing to the table because there's only two things you really need. You need either some type of presence, right, or eyeballs, or you need some type of operational factor. And a lot of people come to the table and they have neither, and then they want 50% or they want someone to help them. It's mm. like you, you're not needed. Like, we can just cut you out. Like, you don't need to be here in this equation. Yeah. Which is why, like, you just need to learn – how to start making money as efficiently as possible and those skills will come. But a lot of people, they don't want to put on the groundwork. Yeah. And they don't realize how hard it is, I'm guessing too. Oh yeah. They underestimate. Like the the amount of, the how hard I work now is significantly less than when I started. Yeah. So like just it's, in, it's just different. Terms, it's different. It's different just in terms of grind. It's like, different. so the amount of grind I put in, cause I used to do everything. I used to do his job, Gentry's job, my job, Ben's job. I mean, my entire team. And so you're grinding 16 hours a day, just do, 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 do. And now it's at a point where I'm in like thinking mode and I just come to the team and I look at what's happening. I say, do this or like I push buttons and it's just a different Mm. level of thinking, but you can't get there until you do the groundwork because you don't know how to like, it's like you're a general. If you don't know where to push your troops or you just push them wherever you want, bad things are going to happen. And it actually blows my mind how many entrepreneurs or business owners have no idea what's going on in their business or they have no idea how to manage their team. They just think they hire someone they're going to like, figure it out without any organization or management. It's wild. Yeah. So we're the lead CEO. So Benson, mm-hmm. what do you, I mean, Gentry touched onto it, but in terms of, actually, no, I want to ask Gentry on his podcast said, you guys are both kind of doing the sales and the coaching together when you both jumped on board with Tanner. And he said that you chose to go coaching mm-hmm. instead of sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah what led you to that over sales? Cause usually money is what lead people yeah. lead with with sales. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. So Tanner and I, we had just done door to door sales the entire summer. Um, we were top five reps in our company too. Mm. So the skills were there. I know, I, I know I can sell too. And I, now up to this point, I've done over like 5 million in just upgrades alone, but it came down to the fact that I'm like, dude, I'm tired of talking to people and I'm tired of doing sales. I'd rather just coach. Yeah. So for me, it's never been really a money factor. I knew that when I started with him, I was getting paid 10 bucks an hour, but I saw it as an opportunity to work up the ladder 
here with my brother versus going to school for healthcare administration. That was my, that was my major. And so now where I'm at five years later is completely different to where I would have been if I would have gone to college. And so for me, the money's never been the motivating factor. The motivating factor has been able to be reliant and dependent to Tanner and to Gentry because at mm. the end of the day, that's my biggest motivation. I want to be dependent or dependable, I should say, excuse me, to my wife and then to my brothers, my family. So if they need something, they know yeah. they can count on me. And that's yeah. what that's what motivates me. And, and I me. think that's normal in sales. It's like Gentry is more like me, where Gentry's like, I just want to make as much as I possibly can. Benson is definitely more that way, where like he has the skills, but he's like, dude, I don't care that much. And like being a sales rep is definitely more of a drain. Like it's because every call you got to bring your energy back up. Maybe the call before wasn't good. Um, and that was actually one of the best days of my life where I finally was like off the phones 100%. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much better to see money coming in without taking, you know, yeah. seven, eight calls a day because it drains you. It's super draining. But that's why sales reps get paid so much because mm. it's like someone's got to do it. Yeah. Because with your sales team, they're like, I'm guessing, how many hours do they typically work a day? 10 at least. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say, I mean, <clears throat> Eight to ten, eight on days like like eight's Saturdays like, probably, like, and that's eight in front of a computer. Like if they're, eight's yeah. like if their Oof. calendar isn't full. Mm -hmm. Like if they have a full calendar, typically we're looking at them like our team meeting starts at nine forty-five a.m. Eastern, and then we pretty much book them up till eight p.m. Mm. And so if they don't have a call or something like that, but we even tell people like we just had an interview right before this, and I just tell them I'm like, yeah, if you like work-life balance, like you shouldn't work here. Yeah, it's not going to be balanced, and I just think that's the wrong attitude for sales reps. If you want to get paid quarter million dollars a month and you're not the CEO, if you're in a grinder, like you're not working for and us. I, and I think the trade-off between what people get confused or mixed up in with working online or working from home yeah, they is- think, they, they think they, it's flexible. They yeah, they, do they, they, they think it's a vacation. Oh, I can be in my car, <laughs> I can be at the park. It's like, well, no, the benefit is you get the trade-off of being able to work in your home. I'm, mm. a, I'm a homebody. So working at home, I'm like sitting here with my pants off. I got my shirt on. I'm like, oh, this Ooh. Is, I'm like, this is the best, right? <laughs> it's spicy. Over but I, there. I'm up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning, and I'm going until yeah. 7:30 at night. So I'm grinding, yeah. you know. Mm. But I get the luxury of working in my own home because it's like, hey, babe, you want to bring me some food? Oh, I love that. That's good setup. You know? That's I mean, good setup. Like the the difference for me, and I think like to put it in perspective is like when we did door to door sales, we were doing like. Oh my gosh, we would get up at what 5 a.m. We go to the gym. We go out to area around like, I don't know, two hours of the area. So we drive out around 10 a.m., get there at 12, not till dark, which could be like eight. We get mm, back nine. at 10 p.m. Nine, bro. Yeah. We get back at we get back at 10 p.m. and we do that six days a week. So to me, I'm like, I'm sweating my balls off. Like it's hot as hell. People are pulling guns and knives on me. I'm knocking on doors. So when I gotta work at home, I was like, the benefit is there's AC and I don't have to wear a freaking stupid uniform and I can yeah. work any hours I want or start whenever I want. As we're regularly you know what I mean? And so, <laughs> yeah, I mean this this just is so this actually I didn't plan this, this actually just happened. But I think I think that's the benefit and a lot You of, wear that shit all the time though, I've seen yeah, you. Yeah, it's, it's it's just because we ordered a bunch and it's a nice You like, gotta get a use out of them. It's a nice <laughs> little get the uh, brand. sweatshirt. <laughs> get it out there. Yeah, it's a nice shirt I can sweat in. But yeah, I mean that to me is the benefit. And I've I can't even remember the last time I stopped work before like the earliest i think i've stopped work over the last five years like 7 p.m like yeah. if that if that shit yeah it's, it's funny because like for me that's not normal but i know i'm sorry that is normal for me but i know so many people have like this idea of on oh, no, i like the typical person finishes at five you know nine to f people are okay with maybe nine to six but the idea of nine nine or eight till six seven eight yeah. nine ten 
is very foreign. Mm. The cool, the cool thing, just one more thing to add is like people, like you don't have to hire people who want average or normal. Yeah. And that's, what's interesting because I used to go, Oh yeah. You know what? Most people, like I even remember Ben cause Ben's more like that. Like our COO, he's like, yeah, well Tanner, like most people aren't like that and this and that. And at first I was kind of pulled that direction, but now I'm coming back the other way where it's like, cool. Like they don't have to work here. Like yeah. we, don't, we don't have to hire them. Like we can hire whoever we want. And so it starts by you defining your culture on the interviews and you're like, yo, this is how it is here. And if you're not game, you can go somewhere else. And what happens is when you do that, you bring in the people who work and think the way you do. And if you think about it, like I feel the way I think is not common. I feel it's very uncommon. So it should be normal to have a lot of interviews where most people don't agree with me and therefore we don't bring them on board, Yeah, which is how you build great companies. Like I just can't imagine like Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, the more I read about them and watch them, that they're like, oh, it's cool, man. Like, you know, yeah. work, work life, like, it's all good, dude. Like, I just don't feel like they do that. I feel like they just get rid of them. And they yeah. find people who are down to, like, go for the cause. Yeah, I, I think I see oftentimes most people with their company values, they drop it to the individual. And they, they say, oh, you know, it's okay. Like, you know, we'll, we'll concede for this individual instead it's of raising the individual mm, standards it. up to the company's standards. And, like, you can do that as long as you want to slave away. Like, if you want to keep working 16-hour days, like, and when I say 16-hour days, it's not the 16 hours a day. I think it's how you're spending it. So, like, mm. I don't want to do 16-hour days again where I was messaging everyone, doing sales calls, getting on with clients. Like, that is just by the end of the day, you're done. But if you want to have a team where you can take off two months – and you still make a shitload of money and things don't fall apart. Like you've got to find people who fit the culture because like, I can't, like, I, I can't imagine stopping work at five today. Like I got so much other shit to do after this. Mm. It just would feel weird. Yeah. Yeah. So they're more like, you need to find people that more, do you create a culture where it's like, there's, um, KPIs goals in a way when so that's more, instead of it being so much money driven, which I think sometimes salary jobs can be like where it, when it becomes just salary, it's like, oh, it's about time. Then it's, it's like, oh, it's six o'clock. I want to go home. Whereas when you make it action orientated, mm -hmm. then people are more focused on getting the thing done rather than like, oh, shit, it's eight o'clock. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll go first. I mean, I, I think in our company, we make it very competitive where if people want to make additional revenue mm. or if they want to make more, we give them the opportunity to perform better. So, you know, Tanner will tell you, we, we're, he's always been a big fan of having somebody at a smaller base and then, hey, the way you can make more is through your actual performance. And so we obviously have OKRs and, you know, KPIs people should be hitting, but the way we look at it is, hey, if you bring in more revenue to the company, why not give you a little bit more piece of the yeah, pie? And that motivates people in a sense. And we yeah. find that the, the people who are hungry, they'll always eat actually, every single time. Yeah, and I actually think with salary, you should get the opposite because what I tell them is like, here's what you get paid and you work until you get shit done, mm. period. I don't care how long it takes you. If they get stuff done sooner, great. But like for salary, the reason it's like, I just don't want to track hourly because I don't want that mentality because that is the clock in clock out. So for me, salary, it's like, here's what your job is and it better be done a plus or you're not going to be here. Yeah. And so if they can get it done in four hours for, by all means, go for it. But I, I would like to the think likelihood for most, of that happening. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And so uh, I think with salary, it's okay as long as you know they have a full time job and it's going to take full time hours. And and most salary jobs should be that way. Like there's very few jobs in our company where I feel like oh that's only going to take them six hours or five hours or mm. even eight hours. I mm. think most of our executives work way beyond eight hours. 
And uh, some people will disagree with that, but I'm just like, enjoy having like a really low profit margin company where everyone does the bare minimum and basically you're always having to pull people. It's just not, yeah. like, it's not the kind not of company fun. I want to have. It's yeah. not, and it's not fun. Cause like when you're killing yourself and you see other people on your team slacking, like who wants to freaking go to war with that person? Yeah. Yeah, it definitely. Um, when you see whoever, whatever people are doing around you, you end up going up or you go down depending where they are. So it's a good point because I've seen that in other businesses where it's like a couple of lazy people are allowed in. I don't want to say come in, yeah, they're allowed it's in. Cancer. And they, they are, we call it a virus because yeah, it's just it like away. all of a sudden that virus starts translating to someone else. And then they're like, yeah, I might be a little bit lazier. Because this lazy person is not going to be like, yeah, you go kill it. They're going to go, fuck you, man. Come down here. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, it very rarely, unless the, the ratio is like 10 great, one bad, and then they'll probably leave anyway, mm-hmm. or they get pulled up. But it, it never goes positive. It always pump, pulls downwards, unfortunately. Yeah. And, and the, you can do things that kick people out naturally. Like sales reps, I'm like, yeah, you get paid commission. You don't perform. Like, bye. We'll yeah. take your calls away. Or like, we'll we'll dock. Like, I've had reps. If you miss stuff, we'll dock your pay. Mm. And some people don't like that. But I just I just look at it as like I don't care. Like, this is the standard here, and you can either do the simple things we ask you to do. You can go work somewhere else. There's, and there's plenty of businesses that will hire subpar workers. And but that's why I think they say subpar. Like, you look at the stats. Like, we've been around five years now. Mm-hmm. What is it? Eighty percent of businesses fail in the first five years. And I think yeah. they said like less than one percent make like what is it, even a million a year. So oh, it's, it's usually yeah. It's, it's, it's a joke. Like two to three years for it's most a businesses joke. just to get some profit. And I think one percent last ten years. Yeah. yeah, it's a joke. So we, I sit and look at like what we've done, and like I'm just a super ambitious person, and so I still go, man, like we could do more. But when mm-hmm. you actually compare against like everyone else, it's like we're already an exceptional company, and so I go, well, this probably is why we're exceptional. Yeah. Right? So why would I listen to everyone else who has average companies? Yeah. One thing living in Florida, I've realized all you have to do, if you can execute, you're already in like the top 5% mm, yeah. because that was with our business. It was like, all right, you're going to do this, this, and this. Where are the people pissed off? Where are they happy? How do we find that point? And literally all it was was make sure their content's back to them in like 24 to 48 hours and make sure that they feel like they've had fun. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Yeah. And we it just was easy to find clients. There you go. There you go. <laughs> because that was the thing. It's just it, everyone lacks ex, like being able to execute and have a good customer experience, yeah. which is so bizarre to me because well, that's the easiest way to make money. Well, and it's even like the book, Good to Great, like going from like terrible to average is like, yeah, it's difficult. But mm. then going from even good to great, like I think that's where we're at now. We're like, we're literally trying to make every single part of our business just like absolutely top of the line, A plus. And it's like, it's hard like mm. it's because like you could be getting like such a great customer experience but you're just trying to get like even the like least of these just like trying farther. to increase it five to ten yeah. percent and so you're just looking at like any little thing you can possibly add that will just get a little bit better result mm. and it gets it gets difficult because at some point you're like man like what else can we do besides do it for them yeah because right? you're looking for like a 0.1 percent it's like the like kobe bryant Mm. You know, right. him it's to like, get better, like, he has to check like, like 1%. A, well, yeah, and it's like going to the gym. So if you train chest twice a week, I think the studies show one to two times a week, it's almost double the hypertrophy. I, I Twi- yeah, it. if you work out two times a week, it's like that's the maximum. Can't say the word. Yeah, but, you get but if you go two to three times, you'll get 
more benefit, but it's incrementally less. Like, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, and that's how it is yeah. in business where like, yeah, doing more of this is good, but the amount you get is so much lower. And that's why it's so much harder because the effort has to be like 10 times to get like a 10% more of a benefit. Yeah. And very few people are willing to do that because they're like, oh yeah, it's, it's good enough. It's good enough. And that's actually been something fun for me going like now that I'm more removed from the business is to try to do that because I have other leaders pushing it. And so I'm pushing them to like, no, you need to do the extra 10%. Like you need mm-hmm. to make it 10% better because that's how you stay in business. And that also is what makes it fun. If you're not trying to grow, I feel like you're going to decline. Like you have to keep trying to grow. Yeah. Is that because, uh, is that also not just because the market, but I feel like when you're doing the same thing, you're, it's like that when you're on a highway, you know, mm-hmm. when you feel yourself accelerating, but as soon as you're going 60 to 80 miles an hour, you don't feel like you're going anywhere. And I wonder if it's because when you're doing the same thing with us mentally, we all of a sudden are like, I'm bored. And then so we actually do less because we're bored. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think the way, th- the way I look at it is it, it's cool to, to kind of go along with your analogy. It's cool to get up to 60, but once you get up to 60, it's like, well, why not try, you know, 70? Mm. I think for me, what's been really enjoyable as far as like falling, I guess you could say in love with the process is just being able to get to the point where we're at now, but then with everybody else in the company and all the other executives, they're coming in with ideas. I'm coming in with ideas, and then we're like, okay, what what is actually something we can do? Because ideas are one thing, executing on one or yeah. another, and so it's deciding, okay, what are the best ideas? Let's pick a couple and let's execute on those rather than choosing ten things to try to execute half-heartedly. Mm-hmm. Let's pick two to three. Let's crush these. Let's make these our goals, and then let's move forward. So. I think I find enjoyment in just the challenge of trying to execute those things to make myself better, to make the team better, yeah, to make it, the company better. There, there's a switch. I don't know at what point, but there comes a switch where you start a business for money. I think anyone who's honest with themselves, they don't start a business to help others. They start a business because they're poor, typically. Hey guys, I hope you're really enjoying this episode. Now, as you know, this is a very young podcast. It's only a few months old. And in order for this to get a little bit more of a boost, it would mean the world to me if you were able to leave a five-star review you on whichever platform you're listening to this on also if there is something in this episode you think would resonate with another friend family member or anyone in particular you might know work colleague please go ahead and share that with them because the goal of this podcast is just to motivate people and also help them learn different ways to overcome boundaries overcome hurdles with their health and wealth so if you could either share it or leave a five-star review that will mean the world to us and leave some feedback as well so that we can always improve this podcast for you now let's get back to the show Mm. right i started because i was broke i didn't start because i was like i want to help a lot of people i was like i'm broke as shit and i want to stop being broke there and then there comes a point where you start making that money and there's a switch of like the light switch where you go hmm like now i'm rich and making more money really doesn't change my life at all Right. And so once that happens for me, I went through like a dark circle where I was like, man, like, why am I doing this if it doesn't matter and I don't need the money? And you start questioning a lot of things. And then the realization I came to, long story short, is like, it's about the process. And that's, if you think about it, that's why Gary Vee kicks everyone's ass. That's why Andy Frisella, that's why you see the top guys win because they actually enjoy the game. And most people, they're just going for the money. So as soon as they have the money, they don't want to play the game anymore. Mm. And that's just like what I found. And that's why I go, man, that's why I'm good at business. Because eventually I was sitting there one day and I go, hmm, like I actually like this shit. Yeah. Like, and I'm good at it. And I think I'm going to keep doing it. And it took me a while to get there, but there's really nothing else I can buy with money 
besides a yacht, a bigger car, a house, et cetera. But it's like that stuff, even like now it's like, it's irrelevant. It doesn't even mm. matter. And after six months you get bored of it. Yeah. So it, it was again, like a re uh, redirecting your focus, <coughs> you're focusing on money. And then now it was like, actually shit. I well, wasn't focusing on the process that like, love. It just doesn't do anything like outside of like vacations, going to nice restaurants, et cetera. At least for me personally, like I'm kind of like Benson, like I don't really care about stuff which I guess is like a blessing because like when I see someone with like super- Which is crazy you live in Miami and you don't like that. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just don't like it. I just like the city, but you just realize it's like, okay. And you, when you get stuff, like for me, it was a, it was a Lamborghini Aventador. Like I had that on my walls, like a little kid. I was mm. like, I'm gonna get that car. And I got it. And six months later, just like I said, six months later, I was like, man, this car is like cool, but like it's definitely not worth it. Mm. Like all the shit I had to deal with, like to drive it everywhere and valet it and people laying on it and the battery dying and hooking it up with the battery tender and the oil changes. And it's just, it just ends up being like a girlfriend that mm. you hate and just needs a ton of like maintenance all the time. But know? that's why it's important. You should achieve your goals <laughs> to find out if you really like them, you know? Like you finally got what you, it, no, was, that, it was that quest of getting it's, the car and then you got it. it you're like, oh yeah, shit, it's not it's what I thought it was It's easy on the be. other side. Yeah. So hundred percent. And I think that's actually been one of my strengths is like when I grew up and people said money doesn't matter. I literally, but like, yeah, you're just broke as shit. <laughs> I just say that I'm like, yeah, you're just broke. Yeah. But as you, it's funny. Now I definitely what Like why do people get up in the morning to go to work? Mm. Yeah. You know, they'd sleep in if they did. Yeah. <laughs> and so for me, it was once I did get to that point though, I did realize I was like, for me personally, that was the shift and I needed to go through that. Mm. And I think that's important. I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. Some people like you can learn from others mistakes and that should be the goal. But I think sometimes there's benefit to like having your own experiences and going through that because you know, there wasn't like anyone in my family. I could be like, Hey dude, like yeah. you're rich as shit, right? Like, you know, why do you keep working? I guess maybe like one person, but like, we don't like him very much. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I, I think it, I think it kind of goes along the lines of like, whenever you reach your goals, what's the hardest thing to do once you have like your best month or, or reach a certain goal, Yeah. Mm -hmm. hit another big goal. And so I think for some people, and I, 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 I saw this in Tanner is whenever he hit those goals, he's like, oh, mm. I mean, like, it doesn't feel what's what's like, yeah, it never feels what you got. I think that, I think yeah. that was the hardest just, thing. I think that was the hardest thing to realize that like, no matter what your goal is, like it's never gonna feel good enough. Yeah. It's so weird. It's like even if I, even I know today, like for a fact, if I hit a billion dollars in that moment, it won't feel enough. It just, yeah. I'm gonna be like, oh fuck, I should have gotten two billion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I should have gotten 10, but it's weird. But, but dude, that's but, that drive that keeps you for the next thing. Cause I, I, I experienced that, that experience of achieving something I really wanna do. I, at 24, I had never sung a note, never done anything. I was like, I wanna learn how to sing. And it was like, I learned how to sing, couldn't find people being in a band. So I was like, fuck, now I need to learn this, this, and this. So across six years, I learned all this shit, set up all the lighting, sold out a whole show. And I was yeah. like, the next morning I was like, fuck, it wasn't as fun as I thought. It's so like six years of this lifelong goal that I wanted to do to find out. I was like, wasn't as fun as I thought. Yeah, <laughs> and I, But I feel like that's kind of everything. And, and that's why it is about the journey because when you sit and audit and you go, what made it so fun? It's like, it's the day in and the day grind that you look back on. Like you never look back and go, man, those easy days, man, those easy days were yeah. sick. You're like, bro, you remember those days when yeah. we were just eating shit? shit. Was. We're just <laughs> like, that's it's, what makes it worth it. I mean, that's yeah. And it's funny Tanner brings that up because Monday was like kind of another one of those days where there was a lot of stuff going on on Monday. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a long day. And then I see these pictures that have gotten edited by our, by our photographer and Tanner's face is like, <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, 
<laughs> and I just die laughing. And so like that, it's going to be like, oh, dude, remember that one time we were mm. working at your you know house and like it was a hard day, but then we got those photos. Oh, yeah, that was so funny. <laughs> That's the type of stuff that just yeah. like makes you be like, oh, you know what? Like there's good yeah. moments even when you're going through this. That we build the strongest bonds through the shit times. Yeah. You know, it's it, I, I've never met friends. Where I was what like, do they say? It's like what weak times make strong men. Yeah. Good times make weak men. Like and, and, and it's true. Like I. That's part of that's part of why the generation we have now is so soft is because times yeah. are so easy now. Like the next twenty years it'll shift again though. Yeah, everything's available at the click of a button. You just like order Uber Eats to get food and then you got all <laughs> these generations. Uber Eats king over here. Yeah. But you just got you just got a bunch of people, a bunch of crybabies who have no idea how hard it could be or could have been. Like think a hundred years ago, no internet. We didn't have cars and stuff. Like I mean mm. it's just like Yeah. Maybe cars barely just came out, but you get what I'm saying. Like it, it's just so much easier to live life now. Yeah. So you got a bunch of crybabies and they have no idea how hard it can be. Well, do you think that's a thing that like now it's we're going into a different type of hard, which is more yeah, emotional hard in ways that we haven't experienced before? Because now it's like, I mean, there's freedom in not having choices. So like if you're in a little town and you don't know about all the things that are available right. to you, you're fucking happy. Mm. But they've done studies on islands where they plonk a TV. So like these people have nothing besides food, shelter, a little bit and then sun. And they're the happiest, you know, they've got what they want, what they need. Yeah. They plank a they plunk a TV in the middle of it. Anxiety, depression shoots up because now they can see all this shit they don't have. Mm. Yeah, and so and, and all of this, right? exactly. So I think we're going through like maybe a new time of mental hardship that we've never had to go through before. And the kids are going to come out where it's just like, yeah, I can have all these all these things. I can have people abuse me. Like I, I mean, like viral videos. Best way to figure out how to deal with people who, who hate you or spit spit shit to you. Yeah. I've had people tell me that I don't deserve to have a child. It's a shame that people like you get to keep their kids Weird. and that other good parents lose their kids. Like I've had shit like that. And it's so funny because it's like, I read them like, <laughs> right. my wife's fucking fuming, yeah. like ready to fucking kill this person. I'm like, I don't know who Susie 83 is. Okay. Just deal with, with it. no profile picture. Yeah. And so what I, what, at least what I've gone through with, with that experience is having that like huge amount of hate come at you. It built my ability to not care in the real world as well because I'm like, all right, how yeah. much does this person really know me? Okay, how, and where are they but coming from? So, like, if you gave me business advice or you guys gave me it, I'm going to go like, well, you're way ahead of me. You know what you're talking about. Whereas if fucking Susie69 comments going, you have no idea what you're doing in business, I'm be like, mm. it's It's also just how many times it happens. So, like, when I yeah. first got on social media and I was, like, building my company, I would get on all my ads and respond to all the comments and, like, try to prove my point. And now, like, I can't get yeah. less because it's almost like once you've been punched a thousand times, one, you realize, like, it's like a fly. So, like, mm -hmm. I'm like this horse and it's like a fly and I'm just, like, hit it with my tail. And then, two, it's just that are so irrelevant. Like, to this day, you just don't meet people who are a bit, a better than you and above you who talk shit because they don't care. Like I just look at it and I think, well, why don't I talk shit to people below me mm. or who are looked as not as doing as well as me? And I go, because I'm too busy. Mm. Like I don't care. So to me, I'm like, if, if they're not trying to be rude to me or anything, I'm just like, yeah, dude, like that's awesome. Like good for you. Like, And you're not threatened as well. Like, and, and, all you those things. well and you realize like there's enough for everyone. Like there's just, it's just people who it's just a waste of time and it's a waste of effort and energy. And so I think the people who get bothered by it, they just haven't gotten punched in the face enough. And eventually it just stops bothering you. Like it just yeah. has to, because you see it so often you're so busy. I think another thing to your point is a lot of the guys, it's funny, but I think a lot of the guys who build big brands and so forth, they are masters of producing content or at least some of them. Right. 
they don't actually consume that much content. Like I don't really mm. consume that much content cause I don't have time. Like even these last two days, I'm taking this like YouTube course to like blow up my YouTube and like take it more seriously. It's probably the most time I've been on YouTube in like six months. Yeah. And I'm, it's literally my homework to watch the videos. And I sit here and just like think about all the content. I'm like, man, people like just really must waste like hours of their day just going in these rabbit holes because there's just so much. Yeah. And it's so easy to get unfocused. So I think that goes back to your point of like why more people are unhappy and anxiety and stuff is social media, if you're trying to build a business, in my opinion, or build a brand, your job is to pr pr produce content. It's not to consume it. And mm. I think a lot of people get caught in consumption. And yeah, it's easy, of course, to get unhappy because you're literally comparing to everything you see. So it's a very dark hole to go down. And yeah. It really ends. Yeah, we try, like our team definitely, we absorb it because we create it, but it's always like, all right, why did this work? How am I connecting with it? Like, it's right. all about story. Like that that um, Elon Musk one that, mm. that hit, there's deliberate taps we do in that point like there's audio that comes in like whoosh and then it's like okay there's deliberately like the face of Elon not my face there's all these little tips and tricks and we cut like that's a solid two minute conversation we turn yeah. it to 28 38 seconds but even with that we had different ins and outs based on other stuff we'd seen from like Ty Lopez and all these other guys where I'm like right. okay why did I keep watching that why did I keep listening all right this is how the structure of that story went but you know, sometimes you do get like I have to set a timer, fifteen minutes of research. Otherwise, it's like yeah, right, research. If it's just research, yeah. fuck it. It's like exactly Ooh. what Tanner was saying before we <laughs> before we started. He's like, well, you know, sometimes I, you know, I don't follow as many people because I get caught in this rabbit hole. Yeah, and it doesn't. And it's and like it, I just look at it as like, how does it help the business move yeah. forward? Like, mm. like is there real? Like, here's the thing. Like, as you get h higher in the levels of the game, I don't feel there's a lot of stuff that you need to see or listen or read, like you know what to do, right? Mm. It's like you figure out the plan and then you start executing. And a lot of it is like, it's the same stuff over and over again. I get more value out of like a one-off conversation like this, or booking in a 15 minute call with like a billionaire than I do like going down a rabbit hole because the other thing is like, it's not specific advice. Right? Yeah. It's general. And that's what people don't get too. They're like, oh, all this stuff is free. It's like, it's general advice, dude. It has nothing to do with your situation, your skill yeah. set. And you can't ask any specific questions. So that's another reason I usually prefer that because I get my pointed question asked. It's in a very short amount of time. And then I can be more efficient with the rest of my time in the day. Yeah. Versus just going down these rabbit holes and hoping in two or three hours I find what I'm looking for. Yeah. And it's also so much better, like you said. Like, I mean, I'll chat to my mate in Australia, the one that's really successful. And the way he delivers his advice, it's so unique. It's like this blase, but accurate blase. I don't know how to explain it. You'll be, I'll be just like bleh, verbal diarrhea to him. And you watch him, he's just like, and he's my, he's a year younger than me. Like, but he's just fucking 20 years ahead of me in terms of just mentality and everything because he's been through it. And he would just be like, I, it seems like you're doing boom, boom and boom. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Like he just breaks through me like that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Or he'd be like, you, you're doing this, but this is what you need to be doing. And I'm like, okay, cool. And it just all of a sudden it's like, it hits you differently too because of how he says it. He's not attached. He doesn't want you. He doesn't want you to go do it. He's like, well, you have to, mm. you know, like mm. if you get advice from a family member where they have a vested interest in your success, that's a problem. I think because they care more about, I need to be a good parent. So take my advice so that, I'm, you succeed mm -hmm. versus someone like, you know, a billionaire who they'll give you advice, but if you go and do it or don't, that's on you, dude. That's on you, you know? Yeah. And I like that advice way better, you know? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes like 
whenever you're asking a family member for advice, like specifically to business related, I think it's normal for them to have reservations. Mm. I know, I know Tanner's had conversations about this, but it's normal, right? Because they just want what's best for you and they don't want to see you fail. Yeah. They're not, they don't care if you make a billion dollars. They they just just don't want you to be, they just want you to be happy. And are you healthy? They don't care if you make a million dollars or not. It's just, you know, do is my son. Okay. Mm. Right. And so I know for our parents specifically, you know, our dad, he's a hustler, like, our dad's been a hustler our whole lives. He's always done off jobs to make sure we've had enough, did power washing, wash pools, started selling insurance, but he's not necessarily like, I would say entrepreneurial type. Yeah. I think Tanner definitely takes the cake on that. And he's the one who's motivated Gentry and I to, to get to where we are now. So like we owe a lot to Tanner, but our dad kind of paved the way and like, look, you just got to work hard, put your head down and good things will happen. But they, they weren't ever like the type of parents that are like, yeah, go drop out of college. Like we think that's a good mm. idea. Or like what parents probably going to think that not a lot. I've only heard Greg Paul. Yeah. He's the only one that I've heard. Logan Paul's dad. There, yeah. there might be a few oh, as, I mean, as times change. I'd say change, his sons but... are a little abnormal to say well, the least. No, his story is interesting. So yeah. when, when Logan was dropping out after his first year in, uh, cause he was in uni or yeah, university college. He, he dropped out after one year to move to LA. He was doing an engineering job. And one of his friends, one of Greg Paul, his dad's friends went to Greg Paul. You're going to let him do that? And his dad was like, well, yeah, he just made $75,000 for a six second video. How much did you make last year? And the guy was like, uh. Yeah, yeah but to, to <laughs> his point, it's probably a little easier with proof of concept. Yeah. I think like it's hard, true, for, yeah. I think it's hard for parents. Like for me, I don't have any proof of concept. Mm. And so when you don't have any proof of concept, you're like, dude, like, and you know the stats, you know the stats. I think the thing I banked on, like it was even with my mentor, like I told my mentor and I remember the convo, I was like, dude, I'll do anything. Like literally, and I said, I use uh, licking the floor as an example. So if you tell me to lick the floor with my tongue, it'll make me a millionaire, I'll do it. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like he's like, yeah, 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 whatever, right? (laughs) But I remember I went through it and there were days he's like, dude, like you're crazy. Like you literally are that guy. And I was like, cause I I had nothing to lose. I had everything to gain. I'm like, why Mm. wouldn't I do it? But I just think there's a lot of people like, I wish there was a better word, but they're just soft. Yeah. They're just so soft. Like, I don't even know how you can be that soft. It's like it, your whole life's right in front of you. It's just there for the taking. All you have to do is grab it and they won't do it. Mm. They, they would rather take an easier path. And I've just never related to that. And I like, it's hard for me to sometimes be empathetic because I can't relate. Mm. And so people are like, wow, well, you're just, you're so cold. You're so hard on people. I'm like, I just ask people to do what I do myself. Like, I don't, I don't know how any other way yeah. to be. Like, yeah. I've never, I've never asked people to do more than I've, that I'm willing to do. Like yeah. Ever. You'll always come across cold though and heartless to the ones that aren't motivated. Like, I, I yeah. mean, we all, we get that. But it's every like, time, it's like the know? other day, like I had a freaking video that was like, what was it? It was something like, um, you're like, you're, you're still poor because you cook. And like, you know, some tagline to try to get engagement, <laughs> but it was crazy to me. Like how many people are sitting here trying to argue that cooking is a good use of your time. And I'm like, dude, like, no, it's not. Like mm. if that takes three hours of your day and you could do three hours of work. Yeah. Right. Like how how can you make the argument that like that is better? Or um I don't know. There's probably more. Well it's but. funny too, because that I mean that that video did exactly what we wanted it to yeah. do. Have them fight amongst themselves in the comments. And Which so ironically, that's how you get viral. It's exactly stuff. Oh, 100%. Doing, the whole the whole game 100%. viral is gonna get people to fight in the comments. Yeah. And that's how it pushes it in the algorithm. That's all it is. Well, if you want entertainment, read the Elon one. That's all it is. All these people saying how much of a failure Elon is. And I'm just like, it's weird. I don't see anyone who's richer than Elon commenting about these guys. Well, I mean, one, because (laughs) they don't exist. And then two, that's what I find interesting too. It's like, 
he's the richest guy on earth and you're yeah. talking shit. Like, yeah. It oh, just, look what he did with Twitter. It, it's like, you don't know what he's doing with Twitter Yeah, yet. but I think <laughs> he's doing what's smart. He mm. cut staff, which makes it more profitable. It still runs literally the same. So it's like you cut a third of your workforce yeah. and nothing has changed. He's trying to monetize it, which it needs monetization. Mm. And I, in my opinion, he's trying to bring people back who like got banned off the platform, which mm. Except is for Kanye. a joke. Yeah, Kanye's a little off his rocker. Yeah. But like to me, he's doing the best possible job he could do and people are still talking shit. And all the people mm. talking shit are like politicians, people who've never had a business. It's well, like- the politicians, because they, they, he's clamping down apparently on the politicians being able to message and email people. Just do whatever people. they do. Yeah. Just do whatever they want to do. Yeah. And, and it, dude, it's sad because I feel like it, the people who want to make the most impact, like don't go into politics. I feel like you make zero impact there. Mm. It, it seems just like such a shady game. It's just throwing shit at the other side. That's all it is. <laughs> and it's just like, I, I don't even resonate with like, the people who just talk, like even the people who like make YouTubes and they just talk shit on everyone. I'm like, how does that, how are you a productive member to society? And they're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm helping people mm. stay away from this. This guy's a scammer. And this guy's, I'm like, bro, you're just a negative mother effort. Mm. And you just take all the negative people with you and you guys band together and just sit in your like lonely dungeons and talk shit. Yeah. It's like such a terrible existence, in my opinion. It's sad that it's monetizable too. It's super yeah. sad, and, and it's YouTube's fault. I wish YouTube literally would take those videos off because it's like the it's tricky no thing is though. Like we saw what happens when YouTube takes shit off yeah. the internet during COVID. You know, yeah. and all of a sudden. Well, stuff and don't get me wrong. Right, I don't right? mean it. I don't mean it from that sense. Like I, I think people can say whatever they want, but I wish like you couldn't monetize videos just talking shit on people. Mm. Like there's, I'm not gonna. Well, say the news wouldn't exist, dude. Yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> say his name, but there's like a specific creator who's been on there for years, and his whole platform is just talking shit on everyone. And I'm like, dude, what business have you started? zero like like what like have you ever done anything outside of just making videos talking shit no mm. so it's like they come they come in like throw all this hate from something they've never experienced and it makes no sense it's like me talking shit about tennis and i've never played a game of tennis mm. now i don't have to like it but it makes no sense for me like oh tennis is so stupid and all these athletes are idiots and they don't know it. it's like you've never played mm. so i just find it interesting all the people who throw rocks have never even gotten in the game but it goes back to what that quote by teddy roosevelt where it's the man in the arena. And I love that quote because it talks about... What's the quote? Long story short, I don't know it word for word, but essentially it's like all like it, the people who are like in the arena, so life are in the game, right? Like you got people on the outside who are throwing stones and rocks like, oh, you suck. Like, you know, you're terrible. But it's like the whole point of the quote is like, you're not even in the fucking game, dude. Mm. Like I'm actually in trying to be the best I can be and you're over here throwing rocks. And I just resonate with that quote. It's a great quote, people should look it up. Mm. But it's just so true that like, there's so many people who start, like, you know, like when you watch the NFL Sunday, oh, that quarterback, he sucks. <laughs> it's like, bro, he probably was like a freaking all American in college, like, you know, one of the best players in the world. And granted in that moment, right? He made maybe he does play, suck, or, yeah. maybe mm. he does suck. But he's way better than you. I was going to say, he's way, way better. better than the people in the stands. Oh, way better. Sure. But it's just funny how people will sit on the sidelines and just talk shit. And I've just never resonated with that. It's yeah. just, it, I've always been like, what is he doing that I'm not doing? And it's very inspiring. And then it's like everyone who doesn't want to improve their life, they just take the opposite approach because yeah. then they don't have to feel bad that they're not where he is. Yeah, and that's justifies their position. It. That's how I take it, 100%. Yeah. yeah. I think anytime people will cast a certain type <clears> of viewpoint or something that's negative it's usually coming from a place of like project like literally just that Projection. like they're feeling something and so they're projecting it onto somebody else to mm. make themselves feel better and so even for myself like you know i've had some situations where people say some things you know to me and i'm just like 
like, Hey, you know, I'm really sorry for whatever you're going through. I hope it gets better. Mm. And I don't hear anything back because yeah. you know, that's the case. Or like, you know, someone will throw a trust fund comment. I'm like, my dad literally was making like 50 grand a year. Dude. Yeah. What are you talking about? A lot of people are like that though. I mean, even, uh, I know people that they've been given, not given, they were given a million dollars to start their business by their parents. Shit with the- no, that these guys then turn it into like, you know, 10, 20, 30 million dollar businesses. Oh, wow, good for them. And then you hear people go, oh, but if they wouldn't have done that with a mi- if they didn't get that million. I'm like, so, bro, if you got the million, you'd be a freaking working at Yeah, there's something funny though that if, if you're person A and you go to an investor to get that million dollars, that's okay. Thing. But if you go to your parent and you get the million dollars and do the same shit, oh, they suck. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's a weird yeah. thing. For, uh, yeah, I mean, the way I look at it, it's, I mean, I think it's probably harder to get something given to you from your own parents and then actually make more of it. Because mm. as a kid, and especially where we grew up, a lot of our friends, they drove really nice cars mm-hmm. and they had really nice houses. I mean, Mercedes Benz, you know, Ford Raptors, you know, you name it, they're getting that for their 16th birthday. We're sitting here driving a minivan. 1999 minivan, minivan mm. whose roof is caving in on our heads. Lady I'm killer, like, baby. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not driving that thing, mom. And not the right way. He literally, <laughs> he literally, he literally I refused. refused to drive. He, he gets so mad. I refused to drive <laughs> it. But it, it beca- that, I feel like that's harder because in those cases, those kids probably feel entitled in some way. And to them, that seems normal. And then they take that yeah, the and then they actually do something. I'm like, that's yeah. impressive. Yeah. That's yeah. really impressive when you're able to do that. A hundred percent. Don't undermine their work. You yeah. Know? Well, um, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, it's like, it's, it's ironic. Like the world doesn't know you anything. And so like, even if your parents give you stuff, you think that's normal, but it's like, it's you get out in the real world, you realize like, yeah, you getting that is not normal. Like that's mm. not supposed to happen. And so I think a lot of parents do their kids a disservice by giving their kids things. I'm actually glad my dad didn't give me anything Yeah. because it basically pushed me into a corner and force me to either level up or just live a terrible life. And that's how I felt. I was like, man, like mom and dad can't save me. And I was like, so what are my options? And it's like, I either go back this direction or I move forward on my own. Mm. And that was the best thing that could have happened to me. Cause I think if I knew I could have gone back to them, I would have. hundred percent. When you know there's a safety net, you lean back on it subconsciously. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested as well. So your relationship is really interesting because both of you are killers. So you both are like, like you're sorry, you're with uh, Hanseeker. Yeah. Absolute killers in business. Um, and you were single a lot before that. Was yep. was her, I'm guessing her personality, her motivation, her go-get was what attracted you to be like, holy shit, like this is something that's going to really elevate me, not on a business <clears throat> level, I mean on like a emotional level because she sees the same shit as I do? Uh, I think for me, like most guys, and this is just my opinion, I think most guys like want a girl they can control. And what I mean by that is like, if I mean Miami, just take Miami for example, most guys who make a ton of money will find a girl who's very good looking who doesn't have anything going for her because then they can control her. Mm. That's just my opinion. That's what I see all the time. So for me, I'm actually, I think I'm the polar opposite where like I would be considered abnormal where I don't actually prefer that because to me it's not attractive. Like, because then I feel like I can just impose my will on you at any time yeah. and you'll just do it because you don't want to lose out on the money. So I always wanted to be with a girl who I felt like didn't need my money. Mm-hmm. So then she actually liked me for me. That's just always been important to me. Every guy's different, but I would say that's more abnormal um, than normal. That's, that's just at least what I've seen because I have a lot of buddies who the girls they date, I look at them I'm like, she's very pretty and nice to look at and she doesn't have a brain. Mm. And that's just my take. 
So that's kind of literally what attracted me to her. It wasn't really because I thought she was going to level me up. It was just like one of the first girls I met that I felt like had something going for her outside of like just being beautiful. Yeah. And that sort of gives you more freedom in a way as well because you know that you don't have to quote quotation marks look after her. Yeah, like I don't – she's not like reliant on me. I mean obviously I do things like – that people consider like a duty of like a guy, but she doesn't need me. Mm. And I think it's the fact if someone needs me, it makes it very unattractive because it's like, okay, so like you literally need me to like take care of you. Like that's not attractive for me personally. So I like girls who like have business or amb or have a business or are ambitious because then I feel like not one, they don't depend on me, but then two, we have something to talk about. Yeah. It's just hard for me to have a dinner with someone who has nothing going for them in business because whatever I ask them, it's just boring. It's mm. just such a boring conversation. I just want to leave as soon as possible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just do. Yeah, well, because it's, it's the stuff that you're already into. So if you're talking about what you're into, it's a lot easier. Because yeah. I, I get that or, too. Or, and you or they just understand. Like if you and me were talking about basketball and you didn't know how the game worked, it's just like. It's weird. So like, so weird. like, how do you play offense? Like, is that the defense? You're like, oh my gosh! Like, what shapes it, the ball? Yeah, and it's <laughs> like, how she is with sports actually, right? And then, yeah, ironically, but then, but then that's like that. It takes like what could be a fun experience into almost like it feels like work. And then I'm like, this is supposed to be fun, so I might as well just go work. Mm. And so I would go on a lot of dates where it would just be so terrible. I just would try to dip as soon as I could, and mm. I just go back home and start working. It was yeah. terrible. They're fun. Yeah, they're fun. You you just like fuck. You trying to figure out game plans? Like, all right, how do I get out? <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it gets easier with a business because you're just like, oh, there's an emergency. But yeah, it, hello. It's 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 weird because I feel like most guys are not that way. Hey guys, I hope you're really enjoying this episode. Now, as you know, this is a very young podcast. It's only a few months old, and in order for this to get a little bit more of a boost, it would mean the world to me if you are able to leave a five star review on whichever platform you're listening to this on. Also, if there is something in this episode you think would resonate with another friend, family member, or any anyone in particular you might know, work colleague, please go ahead and share that with them because the goal of this podcast is just to motivate people and also help them learn different ways to overcome boundaries, overcome hurdles with their health and wealth. So if you could either share it or leave a five-star review, that will mean the world to us and leave some feedback as well so that we can always improve this podcast for you. Now let's get back to the show. I feel most guys really like a girl. Like they can kind of like, hey, like you need to do what I tell you to do. Mm. To each their own. But to me, that just gets old because at some point it's like, I just want to have an intelligent conversation. If, if you have nothing in common or you're not doing anything, you're just good looking. It's like, I'm not going to talk to you about your hair, your nails or like your makeup. That's just me. Mm. So well, I get it. I get it. My <laughs> wife, like, I love it a bit. She's very smart. But when she has the nail conversation, like, you didn't comment on my nails. I was like, I fucking didn't see him. Yeah. Just talking to a straight dude. Or I'm like, sorry. Or like they do their <laughs> they do their hair for three hours and I'm like, it looks the same. Dude, don't get me started. Don't get me started. <laughs> I do, I, there's so many benefits from being a dude. I'll just, I'll put it out there. Yeah. It's so much easier. It's easier. Um, i got one side story. I, I mean, we chat about it. So sure. do you know how smart he is? Obviously, when you start up with elite CEOs, you, um, Solomon sends me a message. He goes, hey, Tanner wanted me to send you this message. And it's a video. It's, you know, the welcome video going, hey, man, you know, welcome to elite CEOs. Really looking forward to you being here. You know, I heard you're from Australia. Really cool. And so I'm watching. I'm like, this guy's really nice. And then all of a sudden, in the corner, he's walking through, and I see in the mirror these cute little buns. He's in his underwear. And I'm just like, what the fuck? And he just goes, hmm, I'm just going to keep that in there. And he just stopped. 
I legit believe it was deliberate because it was perfect timing. It gave me humor. It made me laugh. I was like, that's fucking funny. <laughs> it and generally wasn't though. That's a funny thing. Was I, was walk, I was walking like this and it went by the oh, mirror yeah. and then I saw it at the end, but it was like already 45 seconds and I was like, I'm not shooting this again. I just like <laughs> sent it. But it, I think it, I think it's just one of those days. I was like, Fetch, forget it. I was like wearing like black. It saved them my phone. Yeah. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I just say you should do it more often because I was like, it was just, it was a great piece of humor, which all of a sudden, like, it was a great piece of information, heavy in sort of in, like information. But then that comedic relief at the end, I was like, I oh, fuck, I like this guy. <laughs> so well, now you just got to perfectly got time it. I'm glad you got some entertainment. dude. I'm telling you, man. Nope. Yeah, day you walk life. around your underwear? Shirt usually, on, pants usually. off. That's yeah. the, dude, that's a good look for chicks, but for dudes, yeah. like at least you have the underwear on because the underwear, you're like, you just no, like sad yeah, elephant no, bushes no, no, hanging no, no, out. No. Yeah, I wouldn't do that, but it's like, I mean, sometimes like it's just it, more, it's comfortable. Just more comfortable. Yeah, bro. it's just more, it's comfortable more comfortable to be in boxers. Really? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, they got the boxer briefs though. Like, it, oh, I hate those. Them. They're the worst. Oh, see, I love them. No, they're like trying to be boxers, but they're trying to be briefs. No, that's like, why I like it. It's like Under Armour. Mm. It's like kind of like what I was used to in sports. Like, they feel really normal to me. And then, like, I can go to the gym in them. I can swim in them. I can do whatever really? I want. Oh, 100%, dude. I just I feel like boxers. there's like this piece of fabric just constantly like tickling. That's what, that's why I, mean, I, I want support, it. man. I no, want a push up bra for my balls, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I wear that's Aussie the... Bomb underwear. Those things are like, the, they're made by gay, they're made for gay guys. Okay, story time. <laughs> All right. Okay, story time. So there's a company called Aussie Bum in Australia, and they're made for the gay community. They're like they're normal under like briefs, but the difference is, I mean, think of like girls. They can push up, like, push up bras. They can make mm. their good things look better. Mm. We're kind of stuck with unless you go to the gym, you're, you're screwed. Right. So gay guys, what are they? What's what's the thing they show? They can't show their boobs. They go to the nightclubs and they have it. So in normal briefs, it's very unattractive versus they have this thing, which I call like the ball cup. And it's like, you just, and then it's like, they're just there. Right. Ultimate support guys. That's all the I wear. Aussie, the Aussie bombs. Aussie bombs. So it's, that's what Tanner's getting. Yeah, his, they have, uh, they have the ball bra. Stocking now. The ball bra. Sorry, I'm going to look it up right now. Honestly, it'll make your modeling shoots <laughs> even more impressive. <laughs> it's just there. I think those days are behind yeah, us. Definitely, yeah. definitely not there's going higher, back. But there's higher that would have been good to know things. about five years ago, yeah. seven years ago. Well, they were around. They're, yeah, they were around. They there made them. Go. Originally, it was for everyone, and then it turned out only the gay guys liked it and oh. one straight guy. But, <laughs> this guy. You know, but it was my wife that got me into them. I was like, because one guy, a gay guy, a gay guy actually gave them to me as a present once from the gym. Yeah. He was like, look, it's a present. My husband gave it to me. I didn't want him. I was like, that's fucking weird. And I realized it's Aussie bum underwear. And I didn't wear them for three years until just one day, just I got like, ones. I met my wife. We were hanging out and I, I run out of underwear because she yeah. didn't do laundry. I was about to say it was an emergency. And I was like, fuck it, put them on. She's like, wow. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. And then all of a sudden there was seven more in the, in the, the male she's like yeah i bought some more i was like why she goes you look good in them well, there you go yeah it worked out and so it works for the ladies your child was born pretty <laughs> shortly after yeah that's how it works aussie bum pregnant bam <laughs> that's actually hilarious yeah so yeah check it out free shout out guys aussie bum <laughs> jeez but yeah no that's um anyways underwear talk good spin yeah definitely it's <laughs> been for the story yeah um You've been here, Benson, you've been here for like, how long in Miami? I've been here two like, months. yeah, like almost two months. Yeah. So like eight weeks almost. Mm. Yeah. How was that like being away from the Wi-Fi? 
Uh, so, yeah. So being away from her. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's not been the easiest thing. Uh, she came down here for Thanksgiving though. So like, mm. you know, we had Thanksgiving together. She was here for yeah. a full week and stuff. So it was good seeing her. Um, but you know, prior, prior to this actually happening, you know, Tanner and I, we were just talking. He's like, Hey, like this is kind of what's happening. Like this is what I see is like kind of the natural progression of you moving into it. Do you want to do this? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I just remember sitting down and talking with my wife and I was just like, Hey babe, there's going to be some imbalances mm-hmm. and you know, here's what's going to have to happen. And she's been so supportive for everything because she knows like the upside of it is me being able to not only grow myself personally, but also, you know, I want to get to a place, you know, within our own family where, you know, things are better than what they are now. Right. Cause yep. I have certain goals I want to hit. And so she's been super supportive, but you know, some days she's like, oh, I miss you. And I, I miss to cuddle. She's very like, sounds just like that. Yeah. Literally <laughs> like pretty good. We'll, we'll I talk, felt like I was there, dude. We'll, we'll talk in these like little kid voices to each other, but she's oh, very yeah. like, she's very touchy. That's one of her love languages. And mm. I'm just kind of like, I'm not, mm-hmm. um, Tanner and I, it's when she's crying, are you like, they're there. That's what uh, I'm like. I'm like cold. Uh, no, I mean, I'll okay, like, I'll like, me. I'll like give her a hug and I'm just kind of like, sometimes <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, it's okay, sweetie, you know, but you know, <laughs> that, that's like, that's like one of the things she looks forward to the most is whenever mm. we wake up, I'll give her cuddles. And then before we go to sleep, I give her cuddles and for her, for whatever reason that just does it for her. But yeah, it's, it, it's, it's been hard, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I, I leave next week. So it's like, yeah, it's gone by pretty yeah. quick. That's good. That's like, and I just look at it, it's like it was just needed. Like you need to be here and like learn how to run things. And I don't know. I, I think like a lot of people, it's like short term sacrifice, long term reward. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you know, in the grand scheme, it won't feel like that much time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, so it's is this going to be like a more often thing that you're in Miami this duration, or is this more like a setup, no, like I, setting up scene? It, it was, I mean, it was a more of a setup thing. I mean, Miami's not really my scene. No. It's I genuinely don't really enjoy. It's old, cold, and boring. I, I'm like I'm like an 80 year old <laughs> grandpa. I was gonna say Utah is so, like that's a little different. Same as Gentry in Seattle. I was like yeah, how is, I messaged Seattle, him last week. How is it over there? It's depressing. Then, well, Gentry Gentry <laughs> leaves even farther out in the suburbs. Like Gentry's like in the middle of nowhere. Benson's at least like somewhat like in the city a little, but mm. like it's it's very different for sure. Yeah. All three places. I mean, the, the neighborhood I live in, like we're the youngest couple <laughs> that lives there, and it's super quiet. I'm a homebody. You just like that? No, I love it, dude. It's oh. per- I love it. And it he, remi- he reminds me a lot of Hermosi because I talk to Hermosi a lot. He's like a Hermosi. He just like, I like to go to dinner. I like to go to the gym. I like to work. That's it. Yeah. That's I- I'm a homebody. So like, but you don't want to be around people working as well because I-, I get where you guys are coming from. Like I'm the same. I don't want distractions, but there's definitely a productivity to me when I'm around people that are like-minded where it's mm-hmm. like, my motivation level is fucking high as it is. You add one other person, you add yeah. two. It's like yeah, what the. I, f- I've never looked at it like that. I mean, the way I kind of, I'm, I feel like I'm, I've turned more like as an introvert as I've gotten older. So like, I recharge by like taking time to myself and like, you know, spending time with my wife. Mm. I personally don't feel motivated if I'm around other people or not. Utah is actually a pretty like highly entrepreneurial place too. A lot really? of people, yeah, a lot of people yeah. there own construction businesses or supplement companies that are huge there. Hmm. Supplement companies are massive. There's a hu- there's tons of supplement companies. So I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs when I'm at the gym, but I personally, I work very well by myself. I need it very quiet. I'm more focused working, you know, with Tanner here and then our videographer, it's been fun, but like I usually do my best work when I'm, when it's quiet. Yeah. So, but I love it. I'm an 80 year old grandpa. I go to bed at nine, wake up at four, go to the gym, work hard, 
eat good food. Like I'm a happy camper. Like yeah, very easy to please. So okay, that, that's what I like. Though. That makes sense. You live in Utah. Yeah, that's what I, so like. I heard. That I was like, man, that is random. Well, and then yeah. also, also, there's where'd the, you guys grow up in? What state? We grew up in Texas. Yeah, shit. So you just little yeah. like you guys yeah. just spread out across well, America. And, and, and I met my wife in Utah too. And then obviously based off of our faith, you know, in the in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, Utah is a very predominantly large yeah. portion of mm. that faith. And so for us, it just makes sense with our lifestyle and with what we like to do. Yeah, because there's tons of outdoor stuff. Like Utah's amazing. So during the summertime, you can go hiking. Wintertime, you can go snowboarding or, or skiing. So. We love it. For the foreseeable future, we'll be in Utah. Tanner hates it. Yeah. But it's vice versa, right? Like, yeah, I don't like yeah. Miami. But I, it's just but like, he does. and I don't, I mean, it's just like if you like going out sometimes or restaurants, like, I personally get satisfaction out of that. He does not. Yeah. Which is fine. But like, to me, that's why I like Miami. Yeah. Just There's definitely an energy to, to Miami. It's like when you go to New York, you can, you feel different right. when you're there. So it's a, it's like a little better energy, too, in my personal opinion, plus the weather. But mm. the weather is a plus. More there right. are some wild people here, though. Like, mm-hmm. okay, another question. Every time I'm in the lobby of this building, there's some sort of like super hot, toxic woman. <laughs> Every single time. That just, that just sounds like a normal place in Miami. <laughs> yeah, I well, make I'm in Southwest Florida, so I don't see that often, but it's like every time. I'm like, she is like a solid nine and a half but she will ruin my life. Probably. Yeah. I've know? told Tanner, I, I, I've told Tanner, I'm like, dude, I've seen the cops here like six times. He's like, yeah. dude, I believe I'm that. Like, With yeah. the people I see in the lobby, yeah. I believe that. Yeah. But it's funny because <laughs> my last building was like, my last building had like David Beckham in it. Oh shit. Uh, yeah, he lived on the top and, floor. Like, yeah. Just like, yeah, just like, it was just, I mean, but the cheapest place there is like six million. <laughs> so it's just a different kind of building. But this building, it's like when you have more of the like, you know, can go from like, let's say two grand all the way up to like 25. You're just gonna have more variety. And so like, I'd say mm. this building definitely has like more of the variety, uh, <laughs> not in the good way. They're colorful, they're colorful. Yeah, but it's like, I don't see it that much, honestly. Like I'm I'm always working, so, but mm. you definitely will see it at this building and like other places around Miami, mm. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> um, I've got one, one other. So I saw one of your clips recently about you talking about the struggling, the lowest time of, your right. during your success now most people they always think you know when i get blank i will be happy when mm-hmm. i get blank this will happen um now it's from that clip it was like you achieve what you wanted and then you had the lowest point in your life mm-hmm. um what i mean i think you touched on earlier but what do you think made you feel that way despite achieving everything you thought you were going to get you thought you wanted because i think we tell ourselves we're going to feel different Mm -hmm. so when i mean the whole reason i started trying to build a business is like i got made fun of i was weird i was poor and so i go you know what if i get to this level i won't feel that way because i won't be these things anymore but the irony is when you get there you feel exactly the same Right. So I got there and I, I mean, it took me, cause if you think about it, like I really started my journey around 22, 23, didn't make any money for two years, 25, everything started to blow up. And then that was like 27 and I hit my first million dollar month. And I just remember it was like, you know, I was like, fuck yeah. Like I did it. And it was cool for like 24 hours. And then the next day I'm like, well, like, what do I do now? Mm. And I just remember thinking, well, I don't really need more money. Like if I hit you know, another half a million dollars in a month or two, it it gets to the point where like, you're not spending the money you're making. So it's like, why do I care if I make more? Mm. And so I just think every person has to answer that question. 
And when I couldn't really come up with the answer, like you start asking, you know, questions like what's the meaning of life and, you know, why does this matter? And like, you know, I don't, you start realizing you don't mean shit, right? The more you do, you actually realize how small you are. It's super weird. Like nihilistic. Yeah, because, well, yeah, because like, if you look at like Mark Zuckerberg, like, or Jeff Bezos, like still compared to the entire world, like they're just small, bro. Like Mm. it's small. Like there's places you'll go. Like people don't know who Oprah Winfrey is or Barack Obama, like you're small. You're small time, and that and like that's the biggest you can get, right? And so you start going, well, if there's if that's the case, like why do I push? Like why do I care? These clients I've helped, like it's insignificant. You realize that, right? Like it just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And so you have to start asking these questions. And so I start going down kind of like a you know bad place. And I think for me, like the most helpful conversation I had was like, well, dude, like why does it have to matter? And you may be religious, right? So if you're religious, that's why some people, I think you can find some answers there. But if you're not, or you're not as religious, you you really have to ask yourself those questions. And so for me, I was like, you know what? Maybe it doesn't have to matter. Maybe it shouldn't have to matter. So like, maybe I just do this because I like it. And that was actually probably the most helpful thought because instead of like trying to come up with an answer that I really could never find, right? I was going to therapy, I was talking to people and I just like didn't feel like I was really getting any good answers. I was like, man, this just feels like a bunch of bullshit. And so when I finally got to that point for me, I was like, you know what? I do this because I like it and that's all it has to be. And that was a helpful thought for me. It may not be for someone else, but for me, that's been far more helpful than trying to go down a rabbit hole and try to find significance when like in reality, like I feel like a lot of stuff we do doesn't matter. Like Mm -hmm. I really do. And like some, you can make arguments for some things, but like at the end of the day, you've seen it. Like when someone dies, like no one talks about them anymore. Betty White died a couple months ago. No one talked about her a week later. Yeah. And it's like, she's Betty White. Oh, yeah. I mean, how about the queen and, in England, right? Yeah. So I didn't so, like her anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but it just goes to show, like, you're not you're not significant. And what mm. you're doing probably isn't really that significant in the grand scheme of things. And if you look back 100 years, can you think of one person? Can people even remember the presidents of the United States? Can, like, mm. it just goes to show it's like you're not shit. And so I think that's why I got there because I was like, I'm going to be a somebody and mm. people are going to respect me. And then you realize like, even when you get there, you still ain't shit. And that was just hard for me to go through. But I think everyone has to kind of realize that. Yeah. And you mentioned as well, you know, what stopped you from taking your life was, you know, the people around you. Um, that was, that's, that resonated with me too, because it's like, I mean, I've gone through similar things in my teens and it was, that's what stopped me was, I don't want my mom to cry. Yeah, that, you know. So I mean, it's it's like it's hard in the moment because it's like like after the moment you're very embarrassed and you feel shameful. That's mm-hmm. at least how I feel. It's almost like if you looked at porn, you just feel like shameful. But in the moment, you just like you're just so irrational. Like it's like you're on drugs and you just you're telling yourself like, yeah, like because nothing matters, this doesn't matter. But I think for me like I think luckily, I think if like I hadn't been in charge of a company and I just had a nine to five, I probably would have done it. Yeah, okay. Because because like it doesn't matter. But I think the thought that kind of kept me there was like that would have put Benson in like a terrible position. It would have put my team in a terrible position. It would have put mm. Gentry in a terrible position. And I just think I felt like they still needed me for X amount of time. Yeah. But it's, t- it's tough to talk about too because like it, it sounds like I even remember when I like I see people talk about that stuff and I was like, man, that's like so stupid. Like I would never do that. Mm-hmm. And it's super selfish, but you just I just think every person like you get to points in life where like you kind of get like more than what you feel like you can handle. 
mm. and you don't really feel like there's anyone you can talk to or even if you do like i'm just a guy like i'm not a huge talker like when people want to talk to me i just I'm like yeah dude okay like, yeah, you know the big feelings it doesn't it, because it doesn't change anything yeah. right and so i just sit there i'm like we can talk but like nothing will change and so it was just like i was just going through a difficult time and so i tried to justify it but i think end of the day like if you have to like the you have to tell yourself like the, this moment will pass mm. right no matter how bad it is the moment will pass and you can't see that when you're in it it's super hard but once you get out of it two or three months you look back you're like wow that was like very immature like that was very selfish that was very stupid but um i can i mean i can relate to people better now because like i mean like I never thought I would get to a place like that. And it was like, you know, in hindsight, it's like embarrassing. Like that's mm. how I view it. It's like, it's shameful, but in the moment you just don't give a fuck. I yeah. mean, I, you just don't care what anyone says or what, if they try to talk to you or tell you something, you're just like, yeah, dude, I don't care. Yeah. It's just like not a good place to be. But it was your lack of, like it was actually your, your selflessness that stopped you because you were like, oh shit, these people still rely on, yeah, I, I will, this decision will affect yeah, other Yeah, I guess people. in a way. I guess in a way, but I mean, that was, that, that's part of like why I wanted to make a lot of money because like, you know, you can help other people and like specifically my family. Like mm -hmm. I view like Benson and Jesse working with me was not because they were quote unquote qualified, right? They've earned their place, but it was like, they're my brothers. And I'm yeah. like, if I'm going to pay someone, I might as well pay my family. And that's like, pretty cool. Who needs the money, you know? Cause it's like a double win. It's like, you have to pay someone. So I might as well pay my family mm. is how I viewed it. But yeah, I mean, um, if you're not here for like your family, it's like, what are you here for? Yeah. So that's that's kind of how I viewed it. And they have my back, so I just felt like I owed it to them to like stick around a little longer. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad, man. I'm still here. <laughs> were you aware of, like Benson, were you aware of um, those moments? Or was it, you know, I mean, he, he tennis strikes me as a very... Uh, introvert with that stuff um i mean i i've seen tanner when he's not in like when he hasn't been in the greatest places yeah um, he tends to kind of like go go off and kind of pull himself away and kind of like distance himself from people um in that moment i actually remember because um it, you know his girlfriend she called me right um this is hansika and she was like hey like you know, I'm, I think they were split up at the time. And, you know, she was just like, I'm really worried about Tanner, like, you know, X, Y, Z. And we actually called, like, like, I remember I called the police and she did too. And like, we can't do anything because we're not there. And they're just like, yeah, like we can't do anything because you're all the way there. And so it was a total joke. Uh, but I just remember Tanner, like, he was like, quit, you know, quit, quit getting in my business, blah, blah, mm. blah at that time. And, and obviously I don't know what, everything Tanner was feeling, but I'm sure he was in a place where he's just like, dude, I just want to be left alone. Yeah. Um, but it's I know so interesting cause I resonate so much with that. But you saw you can tell. Yeah, no, I was just saying, I mean, in that moment, it's like, you know, I just want my brother to be okay. Like that's mm. all I cared about. You know, I didn't care about anything else. I just wanted Tanner to be okay. And you know, I didn't know it was that bad as far yeah. as what he was feeling. I knew, I knew he was in a dark place, but I didn't know it was that bad. And then I'm like, Oh crap. So in a way it's like, you know, now where we're at today, it's like, I kind of look back, I'm like, you know, I'm obviously, you know, I want my brother, I'm grateful he's still here. Mm. Um, but I just didn't know, you yeah. know, I didn't know it was that bad. It's so interesting because that, <clears throat> by the sounds of it, I deal with it very similar to you, Tanner. It's like, I'm up and down, 
like sometimes when my wife is just like you're never happy and i'm like i'm happy a lot <laughs> it's just that you know when i'm down i'm down you know right. um i i asked um derek fay who's a, a venture capitalist and my on the podcast do you and i'll tell you why after when you go to sleep do you have like it's when i'm half in and out of sleep like i'm not awake i'm not fully asleep Cr sometimes crazy bouts of anxiety where like my brain goes fucking wild. I still fall asleep. Like it doesn't keep me awake. You just have like tons of thoughts that are all keeping the, you. All yeah. this shit that hasn't, hasn't kept me, like I'm not aware of it when I'm awake cause I'm just doing mm. and I'm happy that cause I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And then you go to sleep and like, it's, oh, but what if this and what if that? And like, you know, what if I'm a failure and all these crazy thoughts and then I fall asleep. Do you, does that happen to you much at all at that point of your, of your day? Uh, mine, I, I would say mine, like I'll have nights where I'm restless, but it's because I'm, I'm like, I'm more so thinking on the business. I'm like, okay, well, like I got to make sure the coaches are doing this and like, okay, I got to follow up on this tomorrow. And I'm like, it's almost like I can't shut my brain off. Mm. I wouldn't say it's anxiety as far as I feel. I, I don't know what Tanner feels, but it's I mean, more so just the fact that. I just, I just think it comes with the territory. I think like if you want to be the best you can be, like lazy people are always looking to do less. The people who do the most are always looking to do more. Yeah. Right? Like, like I'll do 16, 18 hour day. And I literally be like, oh, what else can I do? Or what else could I could mm. have done? What else can I do to close? Like, it's just the nature of the beast. I'm like, but I want to have it any other way because like, that's, that's really what it is about. Yeah. Like you're here to be the best you can be like mm. whatever that is for you. That's, that's it. like, there is no other point. Yeah. There is no other point. And like the whole point of becoming like a multimillionaire or, a, you know, a billionaire or whatever you want to do. It's like, it's about the growth. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, it sounds super cliche. Like it does. But now that I'm here where like, I am good on money. Like if I just make what I'm making now, I will die multiple nine figure net worth mm. minimum. That's if I don't change anything. I don't make any more money, which I will. So I sit there and go like, it's literally about the growth. It's about like, how good can I make my team? How much can I help yeah. people? How far can I push myself to be a better leader? How can I learn how to be more patient? And like, dude, it's like, you, you'll realize as you like grow, you have more deficiencies than you don't. <laughs> <laughs> like even now I'm just like, man, like I'm still not good at this. I'm still yeah. not good at that. Like I mm. could get better at this, but that's the point. Like you, yeah, it's the like- The smarter like, you get, the more you realize how much you don't And, and it's like, you just, ch you just chase that future self of you that you'll never reach, but mm. that's the point. You're never going to reach it, but that's what the point is. And that's like what I try to tell myself. So I think if you go to sleep, and you have those thoughts, it's a good thing because mm. you're trying to be the best you can be versus some scrub who just takes up space and does nothing with their life. And there, there's just so many people who like, that's their existence. Yeah. That's all they want. It's funny because whenever I speak to people who are super successful, like Derek Faye, same thing. He goes every night. And I was like, that makes me feel better. You know, if I'm doing the same things that yeah. these big successful dudes are doing, I'm like, okay, there must be some sort of, but I think as well, people, Again, the ones that haven't achieved that always think when I get blank off, you know, same thing. Like, oh, you're rich. What do you have to complain about? It's like, okay, I have to complain maybe about different things, but there's always going to be something that creates, you know, yeah, money just, a lack of money just Money just makes your life easier and it makes it so you don't have to worry about the price tag. But yeah. in terms of like the, 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 like the irony is the way you become rich 
is what causes these types of feelings to continue to grow. So it's like, yeah, if you don't ever want to become rich, you won't feel those things because you're not trying to improve. You're not mm. trying to grow. So it just comes with the territory, but I don't think it's a bad thing. I think like if you don't have that, like Michael Jordan talks about it, like <clears throat> the better you do, or like when he talked about how good he was, it's like every time he did something, he knew he could go even further. And that's like why you can't reach it because like even in sports specifically, I'm glad I played sports because like I would push myself to like what I thought was my limit. And then like I didn't die and I was like, oh shit, like I can go harder. <laughs> but most people, they never feel that. They never yeah. one time in their life push themselves farther than they thought they could go. And it's actually one of the coolest feelings ever because you realize like how untapped like human potential is. And that's like why, um, like David Goggins, great book, like can't hurt me. Mm. Like that whole book, I was like, dude, that was me. His like, new and, book and came I, out yesterday too. Oh, I didn't even know I'll have to get it. Like, yeah. I, and when I read like what he did, I don't want to do that personally. Mm. Like me, me doing that doesn't bring me any fulfillment. Like I, I ran a hundred miles in my bare feet in the desert, but <laughs> it's the same point. Not for me. It's the same yeah. point in process <laughs> that like, he he gets it. Yeah. He gets it. Like he, and he his is physical anything. too. Like that is something that is yeah. actually deteriorating. Which is wild. Yeah, he's he's a freak. He's a freak. But it's like that. That's what it's about, man. And he gets it. And it's like maybe you don't have to go run a hundred million miles. But like business for me is like what he does with like physical stuff. Like that's what it is. Mm. And most people like they they miss out, man. Because that's like what it's about, per, in my opinion. Like yeah. That's at the end of the day, like that's where I feel the best. Mm. Well, it's along the lines of. Uh because you did a post recent, well, a while ago now, but it was about the books you like to read. Mm -hmm. It's two I wrote, two I bought. It was like w the one more, whatever it was, mm -hmm. and um, closing the gap or something like that. Gap yeah, selling. It's, it's probably gap selling. Yes. Like, uh, one more thing. Yeah, like those two books. Yeah. And um, but yeah, the one more thing was like you know it's just always how can I do one more thing, mm -hmm. and versus I think most people fail because they want to do ten more things like you know trying to lose weight. Oh, I'm gonna completely. Com flip my life and I'm going to do everything you do, Blake. Mm. And I'm like, no, you're not. Like this has been 20 years of training mm. versus what you were saying, just one more thing, just yeah. one more thing. And then that, that, that one more thing becomes easy, add another. And yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cool thing when you start seeing those progressions, but you have to do, how often do you do you both do like retrospective looking? Because I mean, as entrepreneurs, you're always looking forward mm. and that's usually what builds the anxiety. But sometimes there's like, you need that, like, wait a minute. And you have to look backwards to be like, oh shit, okay, this, this, and this. Cool, I could have done more, but I still did a fuckload. Do you ever do much of that as well? I, I would say, I mean, as uh, at least for me and probably the past six months to a year, I probably don't do as much. If you that. have a hard close by the way, a forward, <clears throat> sorry. Just realized no, <clears throat> worry past it just keep going yeah Go. so <laughs> I, I mean for myself it got to the point where my morning routine was like 30 minutes and i'm just like i'm doing all this you know oh what are some good things that have happened what am i grateful for N now i just get to work like yeah. i just wake up i roll out i drink an energy drink and i get to work mm. i find for me that the retrospective kind of happens on the days off where i'm like you know like you know it just kind of comes to me right? Because I have more bandwidth. And so my brain can actually have time to think. So I find that I actually have that happen. And there's things that I think back on where I'm like, oh, like, I wish I could have done this differently. Yeah. Absolutely. And then I'm like, you know what, I'm super grateful I went through that. So I think mine just kind of comes on those days where I have more bandwidth to think, yeah. rather than every single day. Um, for the simple fact that I'm like, I'd just rather get to work. Mm. So that, that's how I look at it, at least. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, it's, it's that routine, you just know what you're doing. Yeah. There's that freedom. Like I, that's the hardest part as an entrepreneur is figuring out how to find a routine. Like, 
everyone likes to brag, oh, I can juggle 20 things at once. It fucking sucks. Yeah. You know, there's that freedom in like, all right, how do I build a system so I'm happy? Like, run this right now. It's funny because you're like, you know, I get up and have a cold shower. I literally, I just started doing it. <laughs> it fucking is so good. I'm not going to lie. Okay. So, but, but I'm not adding things to my morning. It's not like I'm going, I'll do this, 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 and then I'll start my work day. It's yeah. like, all right, I'm adding a three minute shower into my morning. That's not gonna yeah, and do I think, something nuts. I think that stuff's fine. It's just like, you know, if you take two hours before you start your work day and it's like read and book and it's like, if you just start working, you'll get more done. Than yeah. Like all this, prepar- all this preparation to get ready. And it's like, I also think it's like, I'm anti-routine, right? Where it's like, I don't need, I don't need to have a routine to get shit done. Like mm. if you have to do certain things, like, oh, I don't, I'm not in my office. Oh, I'm not in my bed. Oh, I'm not, it's like, you're just making all these excuses for why you can't do stuff. And then it makes it harder to actually get stuff done. Mm. like it's not always going to be convenient it's like just yeah. do it you have like a would you have like a base routine though like what i mean by that is like i've started like hormozy i saw how they get up early in the morning go straight to work mm-hmm. and then go to the gym yeah so i i tested that after hearing it because i used to go to gym first wake my body up mm-hmm. and i noticed i'd just fuck around until like because I was jacking my body with adrenaline and then telling it to sit down at a computer yeah. versus get up, cold shower, two, three, four hours at the computer, all the admin shit yeah. and everything else, then the gym, then do like meetings and everything. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. I know like for Alex, he lives in Las Vegas, so it's Pacific time zone. So for me, like if, if you wake up at four there, it's already seven Eastern. Like mm. that to me makes no sense to try to go to the gym because like your team's already up and moving and you gotta yep. get stuff done. Eastern time zone, I prefer working out first because I'm the first one up. So then I can get that done with my day and I can focus. Like I don't personally, some people look at the gym as like it's relaxing. I look at the gym as like it's something to do on my schedule. So I want to get it off my schedule so then I can focus on work the rest of the day. And like stuff just comes up. So like you could set a gym schedule, but then it's like, oh, this fire, this happens. And then I feel like it's like I need to handle it. So for me, if I just get it off my plate, then it lets me work the rest of the day and I can just like not worry about it. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't sense. know if that makes sense, but that's how I like it. So I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. It's just like pick what works for you and like do it. Like there's there's super successful guys who like start working at like 10 p.m. It's like, okay, yeah, like yeah. that's super weird to me, but like if it works <laughs> for you, whatever. I'm usually Mountain Standard Time. So like I said, I wake up at 3 or 4. I'm able to Mountain go to Standard Time? Mountain Standard. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. So it's like. Okay, it, cool. Yeah. It's <laughs> Pacific Mountain and then there's Central and then Eastern. So Shit, I'll land on this. I wake up early, but at the same time during that time before, like while I'm getting ready, I'm working, right? So I get some work done and then I go to the gym, I come back and by the time we start meetings, I've been more productive and probably being awake for three and a half hours than most people are usually in six to seven. That feels good, huh? So I'm like, oh man, I kill it. And I'm the most productive between five to probably 12 to 1 p.m. anyways. Mm -hmm. So for me, it it works, right? Because I can just kill everything I need to get done and then everything else the rest of the day, it's like, I can do the admin work later. So that's what works well for me. It might change mm. as I move into the CEO role. We might may adjust some meetings, but it's worked well for me so far. Yeah, and just constantly, like, I guess, changing it and testing it, seeing, yeah. like, this fucked it up, this yeah. is whatever. Yeah. yeah, but I like that. I like working out early in the morning. I feel the best. Mm. Sweet. Uh, oh, one more question. Alexis asked me to ask this and be honest. What was it like living with him and the other edit- of the videographers? In Costa Rica, like Puerto Rico. Uh, no, he was like you can I be mean, honest. So I only lo- I lived with him. So no, but I lived with him and I lived with Isaiah. I've lived with uh, Tanasi. You met Tanasi today. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're all chill. Like I feel like all the video, most video guys, they're kind of like more quiet. 
at least what I've noticed, like they're more quiet, they're more reserved. So from like all of them are pretty much pretty easy because they don't really talk and they kind of leave me alone, which is what I want. So I, I don't mind having someone in the house, but I don't want people to bother me. Like yeah. I want you to kind of let me do my thing. So yeah, it was, I mean, it was honestly fine. It was just like, it was Puerto Rico. So mm-hmm. I mean, it is what it is, but I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't have any problem. I don't know who I'd say is the best. I mean, it's like, they all are like homies. Um, you know, so I still like to this day, like I still talk to both of them. Like Isaiah, I hang out with like all the time. He's my second video editor. So, I mean, they were all actually pretty easy to live with because they're all laid back guys. I think yeah. if you get somebody who's uptight and they like things a certain way, it makes it really hard to live with them. All those guys were just chill. They're just like, yeah, whatever. Okay. And mm. so that's the type of guy I like to hang with. Cause I don't, if they're uptight, it's just really hard for me to like travel with them and like do stuff with them. So it was easy. I mean, all of them were actually pretty easy, to be fair. There you go, Alexis. <laughs> was he like, oh, I'm the easiest? No, no, no. He was just like, I'm just curious. I want to know what it was like. Yeah, but I thought it was fine. It's probably harder to live with me than me with them. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, I spent some time around them whenever we had our events when I was down here. Mm-hmm. Isaiah was great. Alex mm. is always really good. And then, then honestly now, but yeah, yeah. He's so chill. Like, yeah, they'll probably say Tanner was probably a detriment on their health versus the other way around. Yeah. That'll probably be yeah. what they say. Okay, I'll ask him yeah. in private. Yeah. No, yeah. no, it's funny. <laughs> uh, like Alexis is so chill because when we edit these, obviously we do the camera swaps. His listening face looks like I'm so fucking bored. <laughs> it's <laughs> true. Yeah, it's so funny. Yeah. Like he's so in tune, but it's like, I mean, even watch the Elon Musk one, it, just again, that clip, his reaction like, Oh, okay. I'm like, fuck, he looks like he doesn't yeah, give a yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's Alex. Yeah, that is him for yeah. sure. He's so funny. Um, all right, cool. Well, dude, you guys, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Um, thank you yeah. for going over time, by the way. For sure. Thanks um, for having us, man. And uh, yeah, for anyone who wants to find out more about you guys, where they reach you. Yeah, I mean, b- best way to reach us, our site, elitecos.com. You can follow me on Instagram, Benson Chittister. Same thing with Tanner, yeah. Tanner Chitt- Tanner.Chittister. Slide in the but, DMs. Yeah, leadcos.com. Slide me a DM, baby. <laughs> yeah. I'll lead you in your ass. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. And it's funny now. It's like I, I uh, use a lot of the I, I learned from how you guys got me and I was like, hmm, just reverse engineered. I mean, then obviously learned a lot more when I was in Elite CEOs. And it's funny, like it's it's just about being a human. Not like, yeah, it's hey, like, do you want to buy my shit? Yeah, like, it's like it's like off. it's like talking to girls, except yeah. most guys suck at talking to just girls. Yeah. So I like your boobs. <laughs> just connect with people. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 about accurate. Yeah, so I mean, you just treat people like humans. You have a genuine conversation. It's like see where it goes from there. Yeah. It's not hard. Yeah, it's not hard. All right, cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And guys, make sure to subscribe. There's more cool people like these guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>